Yo, what's good, YouTube? Welcome back to another episode of the Shooter Straight Podcast. It's your co-host, Zach. I'm your co-host, Blue. Welcome back to episode 25. First and foremost, thanks, everyone, for all the previous support we've been getting on all kinds of social media platforms, including episode 24. We appreciate the continued support. We've been going up recently. Um, we've been doing great on TikTok, Instagram, and so many other social media platforms, so we appreciate the continued support. We're going to continue to run it up. Uh, check out in the description box, we got the link tree with the uh, social media platforms. We'll keep running it up on like TikTok, like Instagram. Follow us on all those social media platforms, and while you're down there, hit the new subscribe button. They just changed the color from red to white, so just hit the subscribe button. We appreciate everyone who has subscribed and is going to continue to subscribe. Right now, we're at 286 subscribers at the time of recording. We keep going up. We're on the road to 1,000, and we appreciate all the support. We got more content coming soon. And we want you guys to keep up the comments and the engagement. So when you click that link tree and check us out on all the social media platforms, you'll see on most of our videos we have, like, a bunch of comments. So we want you to also comment. We love to see the subscribers comment and see what what their thoughts on or what we're talking about. Yeah, for example, we, we posted the NBA Youngboy Reel about our thoughts on my yep. I Got a Family, and it got so many comments, so many people gave their opinion on what they thought the best Youngboy album was, and that's just a good example of what we like to see from the fans. And even some people said what was their favorite song on the album. So exactly. Everything, most, er, mostly everything that we, pretty much everything that we talk about on this pod, we want to hear your guys' opinion. So, exactly. com so comment on this video, comment on our clips, and even we we're, we have YouTube Shorts. Yeah. So comment check on out the YouTube Shorts. Check out the YouTube Shorts to get a, a clip, just a short of some stuff that we talked about. And then check out in the, the previous. Yeah, exactly in the previous episode, and then check out the full episode to watch watch what we said about, about exactly. Yeah. So you ready to get straight into this? Yeah, man. Let's get into it. So, like always, we got our NFL Week 8 predictions. You know, we're keeping on with the pick em. You know, we're going to have to tally up what our picks are so far. You know, we, we can go back and we can tally up what our record is and how we've exactly been doing. But we're going to continue that this week with Week 8. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Week 8, NFL pick em. Let's go. Broncos versus Jags. I'm taking the Jags. I got the Jags. Dolphins versus Lions. I got the Dolphins. I got the Dolphins. Panthers versus Falcons. I got to go to Falcons. Yeah, the Falcons. Cardinals versus Vikings, I got the Vikings. Vikings. Bears versus Cowboys, I got the Cowboys. Cowboys. Raiders versus Saints, I got the Raiders. Raiders. Steelers versus Eagles, I got the Eagles. Eagles. Patriots versus Jets, I got the Jets. Jets. Titans versus Texans, I got the Titans. The Titans. Giants versus Seahawks, I got the Seahawks. The Seahawks. Commanders versus Colts, I got the Commanders. The Colts. 49ers versus Rams. I got the 49ers. I got the Rams. Packers versus Bills. I got the Bills. I got the Bills. And then Bengals versus Browns. I got the Bengals. I got the Browns. So we, we disagreed on a couple here. I'm not going to lie. I was getting a little bit nervous for a second. We kept picking every single the one. The same one, yeah. But we got a few differences there, which is good. But I think for the most part, it's going to be a pretty straightforward week, you know? Yeah. But obviously... I think we should focus on a game that has already happened. You know, last night, uh, Thursday night football, we had a, g a pretty interesting matchup. You know, we had a struggling Bucks team go up against, you know, a somewhat struggling Ravens team and in some aspects, a team that has not quite hit the strides that we expect. And same thing with the Bucks; They have not been the same team. So I'm going to pass this off to you first. What were your initial thoughts on this game? I feel the tempo just completely changed at the half. Like the Bucks were actually doing pretty solid and they were stopping the Ravens and they were doing really good but then like after the half man Lamar Jackson just got out there and I remember one of the commentators one of the um one of the suggest or one of the comments that he said about him was like he was just like a player off of Madden like he was just going out there going crazy so 
overall, I think the Bucks just gave away their opportunity of getting a dub. And, mm-hmm. you know, that would have been a pretty good dub because the Ravens are a decent team. So it would have got them back on their stride. And now looks like it's just downhill from here. Yeah, I mean, with a 3-5 and five record, it is not looking too good, too good for the Bucks right now at this very moment. And, I, and to be honest, I think it's only getting a little bit worse for them, you know, looking forward. But, you know, the first half performance, as you alluded to, was not bad at all from the Bucks. Exactly. You know, they, they went in at halftime with a 10-3 to lead. And you got to take that. You know, if, if you're looking at where the Bucks were coming into this game, coming off of a, a horrible loss against the Panthers and P.J. Walker, you know, you're going into halftime 10-3 to against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, and you're pretty happy with that. Exactly. However... The second half was the capitulation of all uh, I've ever. It was it was one of the worst second half performances I think I've ever seen. On especially time. from Tom Brady. I'm not gonna put all of the blame on Tom Brady for for, for the Bucks losses. You know, I think we've seen you know people like Shannon Sharp and a few other guys putting a lot more brain, blame on Tom Brady than he actually does deserve. I'm not gonna act like Tom Brady has been playing good by any stretch of the imagination, but Tom Brady is not the reason why the Bucks are losing football games at this very moment. You know, is Tom Brady looking like old vintage prime Tom Brady at the very moment? No, of course not. He only has exactly. nine, he only has nine touchdowns this season. The offense is looking somewhat lackluster. But the main problem with the Bucks at this very moment is the defense. They gave up two hundred and four rush yards to the Baltimore Ravens in the second half. Of course. It looked like in the first half the Ravens were literally experimenting. You know, Lamar Jackson, he threw thirty passes in the first half. In the second half he only threw eight. And obviously, a lot of that in the second half was because they were able to rush the ball so effectively. The Bucks, they for some reason they were not able to stop the run of the Baltimore Ravens. They knew it was coming, and they got gashed. You know, and and this is a, a theme that we've seen throughout uh, previous games. You know, last time last time out against the Panthers, they rushed the ball like crazy, and you know, obviously, I think that is the main issue that this Bucks team is going to have to fix. You know, and it's not getting any easier for them because their star kind of defensive end linebacker Shaq Barrett is now injured. Exactly. Out for the season with a torn Achilles. However, they they themselves had a good rushing game. The Bucks they were doing pretty good. Well, and, and I was about to get into that. Look, the Bucks' rushing game was, was, was I guess, all right. You know, they, did, they, get, they got a rushing touchdown and things of that nature, but it was not what you need from the rushing game, honestly, on the offensive side of the ball. You know, look. They have, statistically speaking, the worst rushing attack in the NFL so far this season. Of course. They are ranked number 32 in yards per rush, rushes per game, rush yards per game, rush play percentage, and they are 31st in the NFL in rush touchdowns per game. That isn't getting it done. And let's not act like they have a scrub in the backfield. They have Leonard Leonard Fournette. And that's why I said specifically in the first half, he was doing pretty well, and then he just started to slow down. Something happened. The problem is I don't think they're giving him the ball enough. I think obviously when you got a guy like Tom Brady, you know, you want the ball in his hands, but you got to give Leonard Fournette the rock more. Of course. That's where their problems are stemming from on the offensive side of the ball. They are not running the ball enough. They're getting in those third and long situations, and they're expecting Tom Brady and Mike Evans to be able to bail him out on a third and 10, on a third and 15, on a third and eight. And he'll bail you out, but just not every single time. And in, in, in the first half, they maybe got away with it a couple times, but in the second half, we saw. The Bucks they went three and out too many times, and that's where the real downfall came for the Bucks was because their defense, the commentators said it, everyone saw it. It didn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that that Bucks defense was just flat out tired in the second half. They could not keep up 
with the Baltimore rushing attack because they were flat out tired. They were they were just tired. They had hands on hips, and and they just those long drives from the Ravens. They got they got worn out. That that's what it comes down to. This offense needs to fix the rushing attack, and ultimately, if they are able to fix the rushing attack, that is going to open up the passing game more for Tom Brady. You know, I think right now. Teams know what the Bucks want to do. They know that Byron Leftwich is is he wants to get Tom Brady throwing the ball right now, and teams are, are are able to defend that pretty well right now. Mike Evans isn't getting the separation that he you know always was, although he did have a great uh, I don't even know how long it was, but it was a it was a bomb, you know it was like what like sixty yards or whatever downfield to Mike Evans. They got one of those. But like you said, you, they need to surprise teams with the running game because they have Leonard Fournette. They have Leonard Fournette. And, and he's it, a great running back. And he's not getting the ball enough. And that's part of the reason why they're only averaging 18.3 points per game. That's number 24 in the league. That ain't getting it done. And think about it. How many Tom Bra- How many times can you think of a Tom Brady-led offense only averaging 18.3 points per game? Oof, it's, it's never. I mean, they're only averaging 1.6 touchdowns per game. That's 29th in the NFL. 45% in the red zone? Look, the, 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 the football games are won and lost in the red zone, and you would think a Tom Brady-led team would be more effective in the red zone than the Bucks are. If you are only scoring in the red zone 45% of the time, which is 29th in the NFL, that ain't getting it done. Nope. It's just not getting it done. So between the fact that they need to fix the rushing game, the defense is looking bad, and it's not getting any better for them because Shaq Barrett is injured, and Tom Brady, let's just be honest, He's not losing them games, but he's not necessarily carrying them to victories like he was in his, in his younger years either. Of course, not in his prime. I mean, yeah, not when he was in his prime. I'm not quite ready to say that the Bucks are officially done and, and, and it's over for them and they're not making the playoffs. And the only reason, I, honestly, the only reason why I'm not ready to say that about the Bucks is because their schedule, although their schedule isn't the greatest, their division is absolutely terrible. The NFC South is ass. Just really to, bad. To, just to be honest. That is the only reason why they have a chance. There is not a single team at this moment as of recording. Obviously, we'll, you know, it might change tomorrow. But as of recording, there is not a single team in the division with a record over 500. It, it, that's, it's just pathetic. It's crazy. And that is the only reason why the Bucs have a chance. Let me, let me look, the Bucs schedule for the rest of the season. They play the Rams, the Seahawks, the Browns, the Saints, the 49ers, the Bengals, the Cardinals, Panthers, and Falcons. Those are some tough games, and as of right now, I think that they're going to lose more of those games than they win. They have about, what? Is like what? Is a nine or eight or nine games left? I mean, it's not. I'm just just being honest, bro. Are they beating the Rams? I don't think so. Are they beating the Seahawks? I don't think so. Are they beating the Browns? That's not at this rate. You know, maybe they can beat the Saints. 49ers, I don't think they're beating. The Bengals, I don't think they're beating. Car, even the Cardinals, I don't think they're. They beating. They might beat the 49ers. Out of all of those games, you think that they have the best chance in the 49ers? Not out of all of those games, but they have a chance to beat the 49ers. They have, they have a chance to win all of these games, but I'm saying as of right now, based, as of right on, now. based on what I saw on Thursday night, I don't think they're... It's be- not looking too good. I don't, think they're, they have a, I don't think they have a realistic opportunity to win any of these games besides the Saints, the Panthers, and Falcons, which are their inner division games, because we know that those teams are ass. So, uh, so honestly... Exactly, I was going to say, so... You're saying that they're going to lose most of their upcoming games, but they're still going to make it to the playoffs. The only reason I think that they – look, I find it hard to believe that the Bucks are going to lose again to the Panthers. And I find it hard to believe that 
if the division is on the line and you give Tom Brady one game against the Falcons, the Falcons. to make the playoffs, I find it hard to believe that Tom Brady wouldn't be able to find a way to beat the Falcons in the playoffs. Or, or, or to get to the playoffs. To get to the playoffs. However, realistically speaking, I don't know about the schedules for the Saints, Panthers, and Falcons, but they might have an easier schedule that gets them more wins, and the Bucks might be eliminated from playoff contention because they ain't going to beat the Seahawks. They ain't going to beat the Rams. They ain't going to beat the 49ers. And if Brady doesn't make the playoffs, some people are going to say he's washed. He's done. And like I said, is Brady the reason why they're losing games necessarily at the very moment? No, but he's also not the reason they're winning games. Winning games. He's looking more and more, at least this season, like a game manager. I mean, only nine touchdowns. He has no interceptions recently, which is good. You can't be throwing picks, obviously, especially when your team is this bad. Brady, he's not going to be the reason you lose the game because of turnovers. But let's just be honest, at this very moment, he's not dropping three touchdown, four touchdown performances with 300 yards, and he's not blowing you away with the throws. So I think when you look at it like that, he's he's, he's still good enough to play in the NFL, but compared to what the old Brady was, Brady is officially washed. Someone say the same about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and that's sad as well. And, And it's crazy because we know how good both of those quarterbacks are slash were. You know what I mean? Aaron Rodgers. Is it time for them to retire? Brady and Rodgers. Honestly, I think... I don't think... Because I think that the Bucks are going to be so bad to finish out the rest of this season. I don't think Brady can go out on this bad of a season. He could because he's Tom Brady. He's won seven Super Bowl rings. But, honestly, it would... Bruh, is, 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 is it worth losing your wife... To, to play for this football team? Definitely not. He's already lost his wife. It's done. Yeah. So that leads me to believe that even if they don't make the playoffs, he will come back again. Because, A, he doesn't want to go out like this. And he's already lost his wife. And he's already wife. lost his wife. If, honestly, if, if, it, if it came down to it and it was the end of the season and Giselle was like, it's now or never, I think he might find he might have dipped then. But Giselle's already cut it quits. And that leads me to believe that Tom Brady will probably be back next year. Because, and I, and I respect it from his perspective. As, as legendary as a career he's had, it would be almost a shame. It would be a, sh- a shame to go out like this, not making the playoffs potentially. Now, what about Aaron Rodgers? With Aaron Rodgers, I, I don't think he's washed. I don't think so. I think the thing with Aaron Rodgers, and, and it might change, you know, we're going to talk about the trade deadline in, in, in a few minutes here, but. I just don't think he has the the options on offense that he needs. He needs a receiver. He needs a great receiver. At this very moment, you know, you look at the Packers roster, and they got Alan Lazard. They got a few guys, but Alan Lazard hasn't been healthy. And you're relying on on an old, washed Sammy Watkins. And, you know, let's just be honest. You know, (laughs) Romeo Dobbs. You know, Randall Cobb is injured. I mean, the the, the Packers got nothing. Some they, OGs you just named. Randall Cobb, Sammy I'm, Watkins. I mean, we saw it against the Washington Commanders last week. Rodgers was able to throw a touchdown pass to his running back. Aaron Jones make running a route. Aaron Jones has to get running routes in order for the, for the Packers to have a decent option. The Oof. Packers, they need a wide receiver more than we need food and water to survive. <laughs> it, that's what it's looking like right now. And we're going to get into the trade deadline in a, in a little bit. And, and obviously, I think everyone with a brain can think that the Packers are going to have to find a way to get some kind of wide receiving option. Without a doubt. <clears throat> However, although it's been a large focus on the Bucks and rightfully so, 
you know, I do want to touch on the Baltimore Ravens for a little bit here because even though the Bucks aren't a great football team, it was a it was a gritty win on the road, led by Lamar Jackson to get this dub. I got to give a lot of props to the Baltimore Ravens because in that first half it looked pathetic, and they were able to pull it through in the second half, led by Lamar Jackson in that rushing game. You got to give them credit, even though the Bucks are not as good of a football team as we all thought they would be. Got to give props to the Baltimore Ravens for being able to get that done on the road. Lamar Jackson, man, him getting out the pocket, man, and just sliding, bro, just just going around, running around, and able to get the throw off, man. Like I said, I remember when we were watching it, and I'm like, he's got it, man. He just he just got it, man. Yeah. He's got it. I, and and we all know how good Lamar Jackson is, and we saw it after the game. He signed a fan's poster that said, "Pay him." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you think? Well, I think this is no brainer, but do you think? The Ravens should be paying Lamar Jackson the money. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. They have no other option. Yeah, they have to find a way. Yeah, they're going to have to find a Exactly. They're going to have to find a way, bro. Yeah. Like, it's just it's unfathomable how they haven't paid him yet. I'll, I'll go on record and say this. If the Baltimore Ravens let Lamar Jackson leave in some way, shape, or form, it is the biggest mistake an NFL franchise has made that I can think of off the top of my head. And they wouldn't go to the playoffs next year without Lamar? Oh, no, they're not. I mean, even <laughs> even this year, this is not a playoff team without Lamar Jackson. The Baltimore Ravens are not the Ravens that we think about without Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's it, it he he's the leading rusher. He's, I mean, look, I, I saw the, I saw the statistic. The the official NFL account tweeted the top five uh, most rush yard. Who has the top five most rush yards this season? And it's obviously like Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, those types of guys, running backs. And then Lamar Jackson is number five. And that's not even including what he's doing throwing the ball for them. So you got to take that. And he's doing all of this without a true number one receiver similar to the Packers. You know, did, are the Ravens in desperate need of a wide receiver? Like, they, like if they don't get one, they're not making the playoffs? No. Of course not. But if they got that, they would be going from where they're at to make potential Super Bowl favorites. And, and it, one of the reasons for that is, like you said, Lamar on the run, bro. He's just crazy. And Aaron Rodgers, bro, without a receiver, he, he, he's, he's nothing. He's not, he's not doing much. Because he's, he's 37 or whatever. You know, it's, it's like Tom Brady. We saw Tom Brady try to get out of the pocket and make a few Oof. Look, I, we saw against the Ravens, Tom Brady, the, he ha, he's tried to get out of the pocket and Oof. make a couple plays happen. And obviously, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that Tom Brady ain't making it happen. Yeah, on the it wasn't road. looking good. It, it wasn't looking good. The, the obviously, the Bucks have a lot to look, look forward to. You know, with with this tough schedule, it's only getting worse for them. I'm gonna be very interested to see how the Bucks finish this season, because it's almost unfathomable to me to a certain extent to think about the Bucks and Tom Brady not in the playoffs. But yep. I but I think it's more and more looking likely like that's what it's gonna be, which is crazy to think about. Crazy. But with that being said, you ready to get on to the next topic? Yeah. So, like we said, the NFL trade deadline is Tuesday, November 1st at 4 p.m. It's coming. It's it, What is that? It, it, I think that's two days from now. It's on Tuesday, and we're recording this uh, on, a, on what is it, Saturday. So, CBS Sports drops a list of the top ten players who they think should be dealt before the deadline. What player do you think – it doesn't have to be from the list necessarily. What player do you think or do you hope – Gets traded. I'm thinking Jerry Judy. Mm-hmm. He he got just so much opportunity. Now, even though 
He's on the top 10 list for drops at, from a receiver. He's also has got, garnished so much receiving yards. Mm-hmm. So he really has a lot of opportunity, and I don't think the Broncos will be able to take advantage of that given Russell Wilson's just not putting up the numbers. Yeah, and I, yeah. So I would even rather give him a give him to a guy like Geno Smith. Yeah. So yeah, man, that's the number one for me, Jerry Judy, for sure. I, I can agree with that. I remember coming out of the draft, you know, he came from Alabama. I remember how much I wanted Jerry Judy to become a Miami Dolphin out of the draft. Obviously, it didn't happen. He went to the Broncos. I thought that was a great pick at the time. And like you said, he might not be having the greatest season, you know, and maybe what we all expected. I think some of that, obviously, a few drops here and there. It's been a drop issue. I think he can fix that up. He's Jerry Judy at the end of the day. Realistically, the Denver Broncos, as much as as, as we're, we didn't expect it, they're going to be sellers potentially at this trade deadline in a, in a couple of days. It all comes down to, uh, reportedly, the reports have come out uh, that if the Broncos lose this game against the Jags, uh, what they play the Jags, right? Yes. It, yeah, they play the Jags. If they lose against the Jags on Sunday, that they will become sellers at the trade deadline oh, yeah. and look to trade away their players because they're yep. going to be at a 2-6 and six record. I saw that. So realistically, and, and I think we both picked the Jags to win that game. I, I, it's not looking too good for them. I think it's that no brainer. I think that come Monday and Tuesday, they will be looking to trade away some guys. And I agree with you. I would love to see Jerry Judy get traded. If he does get traded, I think obviously the suitors for Jerry Judy should be the Green Bay, Green Packers, Bay. the Baltimore Ravens, and then. The New York Giants. That would be an interesting trade. I think that the New York Giants, obviously, they're going to be looking to add some pieces. And I think the New York Giants, with a Jerry Judy type guy, that would be the the receiver that they need. Because right now they have some injuries. They have some good options, but they're injured. Jerry Judy's healthy at the moment. Although he has to drop issues, I think a change of scenery could fix that. Brian Dabble, what a coach. What a job he's done so far. You give him Jerry Judy... I think the Giants become a, a, an infinitely better football team, and they're already a, a really good football team. I would like to see him go to Green Bay though, because Aaron Rodgers just needs a receiver. Like oh, he, yeah. he's desperate he's for desperate. a receiver. He, he's, he's a receiver. I think both of those were, are very good options, you know. And, and realistically, if they do lose, and I think we both expect them to, I think Green Bay will be calling Denver as soon as the game ends. Literally, as soon as the game ends, they're going to be calling and asking about Jerry Judy. I would be shocked if they weren't. It's going to be a hard giveaway, though. It'd be it'd be surprising if the Broncos gave him away. They would have to have a really good trade. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Green Bay, they know that they have to find a way to get somebody around Aaron Yeah, that's Rogers. what I meant. They would have to have some good offers. I think Green Bay is going to offer what they ask for. At the end of the day, I think the, the reported uh, trade package might be like a couple second-round picks or something like that. Although, do you want to give away, you know, a couple second-round picks? Maybe not. But I think Green Bay has kind of backed themselves into the corner where they have no other option. And another player that that Denver, you know, a superstar defensive end, Bradley Chubb, he is another guy that potentially might be getting traded. I don't think he was on CBS Sports' list. However, there's been a lot of rumors swirling around. And the reason why I wanted to touch on Bradley Chubb is because they specifically said he probably will be traded. Yeah, I think he should go. Hasn't had a sack for the past two games. Although he has four tackles, like I said, he had he just hasn't had the sacks that he's needed to get. I just I think he needs to say I think it, it's just like Jerry Judy. I think he needs that change of scenery. And realistically, 
you never want to say when someone loses. If the Broncos do lose this game against the Jags, which I think they will. Of course. The teams that should be hitting up for Bradley Chubb is the Miami Dolphins and the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Miami Dolphins should be the number one suitor for Bradley Chubb. And here's why. The Miami Dolphins, we saw it against the Pittsburgh Steelers for, for, for Sprouts, and we've seen it when Tua is fully healthy in the previous weeks, you know, obviously before that concussion thing happened. The Dolphins are an elite offensive football team. Elite. They are a very, very, very good offensive football team. I'm talking f- top five in the NFL, I think. O- offensively, Oof. we've seen Mike McDaniel, what he's been able to do with Tua. Obviously, after the first quarter against the Steelers, it didn't look that great because the Steelers made some good adjust- adjustments, and Mike McDaniel didn't make those adjustments. But Tua was coming off of that injury, so I think you got to factor that in. I think we're like the, the Dolphins play the Lions this week. I think we're going to see the Dolphins win by 20-plus points. I think it's going to be a master class. And realistically, we know what the Dolphins are on the offensive side of the ball, not quite so much on the defensive side of the ball. True. I think if you add a guy with the, with the proven track record like Bradley Chubb, the Dolphins, they become more so contenders than they were. Obviously, I think that's a no-brainer. They become, But it, it's, it's like they add Bradley Chubb, that defense becomes much more viable. It actually becomes a solid defense. They will be able to, you know, obviously pr- uh, pressure the quarterback more, and that's going to help out the secondary that is only getting healthier because they still don't have Byron Jones back yet, which is a arguably top five corner in the league when healthy. You think the Bengals could pick him up? I think that the Bengals, they uh, obviously they're going to be looking to have a deep postseason run again. You know, after last season, honestly, I think any team in the NFL. For the most part, when it's a it's a prized position like the defensive end, I think every team should be looking at it. And I would be surprised if the Bengals didn't at least pick up the phone. You know, considering they have a decent defense, but a defense that can be improved, similar to Miami Dolphins. I think the Bengals should be picking up the phone. I think that they are picking up steam and that they're going to be the contender we kind of thought they were. And similarly, that's why I say that the Dallas Cowboys should be looking at them because we know that they have a great defense. But you, now, I would say that you know the best defense in the NFL, arguably. You add Bradley Chubb, Jesus man, Micah Parsons and Bradley Chubb. That that's an elite combination right there. That's going to win you a lot of football games on its own. Now, not including the fact that Dak Prescott is finally back. You know, last week they were able to get the dub. Wasn't the most convincing performance. However, I think he's going to have a good performance this week. He's still getting back into that football rhythm. Facts. So another guy that arguably I think would, would sh- you know, change the landscape of the NFL potentially if the trade does go through, Kareem Hunt. You know, although reports have come out, it's looking unlikely at the moment that he might not be traded. It's kind of 75-25, he won't get traded. However, they didn't rule it out completely. So if he does get traded, which very well may happen, who do you think he should be going to? <sighs> Oof. But do you even think he should be traded or not? I think he should be traded because I don't think you should be paying Kareem Hunt that big of a bag, especially when you're underutilizing him because you have Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. And I think you should just have like an average running back in case Nick Chubb gets hurt. hurt. But I don't think you should have Kareem Hunt. I think he should be more utilized on a team that's actually going to use him like maybe the Seattle Seahawks. Ooh, that would be a good option. The Seahawks would be a good option because Geno Smith has been performing in, in the passing game, but Seahawks, their running game is... It's mid. It's kind of mid. And, and Kareem, you, Kareem, yeah, Hunt Kareem Hunt, would, Hunt. It, would make it, it would make them... 
a, a dynamic a, offense. A di- exactly, a dynamic offense where they could be a playoff playoff team for sure. Yeah, I think surprisingly, you know, that that's not a team that I thought about. However, I th- I don't think at the beginning of the season nobody thought the Seahawks were going to be as good as they actually are, and. You know, I think at this point in the season, a lot of people thought the Seahawks would be similar to the Broncos, trading away guys. Exactly. However, it's the exact opposite. I think the Seahawks might be trying to add some guys because they can actually think they think they can make a playoff run. Led by Geno freaking Smith. I mean, who would have thought Geno Smith leading the Seahawks to a playoff run? I wouldn't have thought at the beginning of the season, but here we are. I think that is a very intriguing option. I wouldn't be surprised if, if they don't pick up the phone and make that call. I think it's a very good option. Another option that... I think it is likely if he does get traded. However, we don't know yet. I think the Los Angeles Rams. I think we've seen that they have ambition to add a running back. Is that going to fix all of their problems right now? No. Definitely not. But they have the ambition to add a running back for whatever reason. Obviously, they need to fix that running attack, so that's why. They were trying to get Christian McCaffrey. They weren't able to get it done. The 49ers, they, at the last second outbitted them, they added a couple extra picks, and they sweetened the deal for the Carolina Panthers. So we know that they're in the market. We know that they don't want to deal with Cam Akers anymore because Sean McVay and Cam Akers are having a, you know internal issues. A dispute. Uh, whatever it is. I think Cam Akers is a pretty good running back, but that's besides the point. Kareem Hunt would potentially revamp this offense, and I think we know what Kareem Hunt can do, not only rushing the football but catching the football. He's a dynamic two-way back. He can do it all. And I think he would give Matthew Stafford more options in the passing game. Because right now, the Rams are getting little to no production from their running backs. And I think you need, especially given how, let's just be honest, poor Matthew Stafford has been this season, I think he needs that kind of security blanket running back at the moment. Like you said, though, it won't fix all the problems. No, of course not. Definitely got to work on their defense. Yeah, and, and that's why they might, they might be trying to get Bradley Chubb. You know, I think that there's a lot of guys that we, we know who the Rams are and we know the type of team they are. We know that they aren't going to go out without a fight. You know, we know that they aren't, they don't, they, to be honest, to be quite frank, they don't care about draft picks. Yeah, of they, course. So they're going to trade away whatever picks they have to to get a guy who's going to actually help improve this football team right now. Because I think some people still in that building believe they can still be a Super Bowl team. And do I do I think that at the very moment? Probably not. Probably, Even yeah. though I did pick them at the beginning of the season, they could make a trade and that could change. You know, at the end of the day, the NFC is wide open right now. You know, like I said, did anybody think the Seahawks were going to be where they were at the start of the season? That that goes to show just how wide open the NFC is right now. Exactly. Because the only matchup in the NFL this week that is between two teams with a winning record, the Giants and the Seahawks. Who would have thought that at the beginning of the season? No one. No one. So, at the end of the day, there's going to be a lot of teams looking to make improvements. Are there any other trades that you were thinking about? No, no, off the top of my head, not, no. No, yeah, when, when I was looking through the list of potential candidates, there's a couple guys that might get traded. However, I don't think there's uh, any guys that are going to go, that are going to send shockwaves across the NFL and change, you know, a team's projection, per se. You know what I mean? Like, if the Packers are able to get a wide receiver like a Brandon Cooks, obviously that changes things. If they're able to get a Jerry Judy, that changes things. But, like, there's a lot of options there that are, they're like, eh. There's a lot of team looking for those specific players, so and, it's and a fight. Exactly. So we don't know exactly who's going to get what and then 
how big of an impact is it really going to have? So it's going to be interesting. Obviously, we're a couple of days away. And by the time we record the next pod, we'll probably be talking about who did actually get traded and who yep. didn't. So, yeah, let's shoot it straight into the NBA. Yeah. We've, we've got the Los Angeles Lakers. They have officially uh, begun the season 0-5. The question to be asked, first things first, with the start of the season 0-5, do you think the Lakers can salvage this season and potentially make the playoffs? Lakers coming back, no question. No question about it. No way. No question about it. Dennis Schroeder, he'll be back soon. He may have got an injured finger, I believe, but he's coming back within the next two weeks. Uh-huh. <sighs> Give them some time. Maybe put in Scottie Pippen Jr. Give him some reps. Keep AD. You got to trust him. With him averaging nine rebounds, 24 points per game, you got to keep him in. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I think they're in a bad position right now, but they're going to get themselves out the hole. And you think that they can make the playoffs? I definitely think the Lakers can make the playoffs. Never count out LeBron. That is one sentiment I can agree with. You know, you never want to fully 100% count out LeBron James. However, it is looking bleak for the Los Angeles Lakers at the very moment. It is, it's sad to say. I think I obviously wanted the Lakers to be doing better than, than they are. You know, watching the Los Angeles Lakers play basketball at the very moment, it, it, it's sad. You know, it's it's. I can't watch the Lakers play without just, just being disappointed. I, I don't even get mad at the Lakers anymore. I'm just disappointed. Look, this is the worst three pointing sh- team I've ever seen in my life. You know, I don't think I've ever seen a team shoot the three ball quite this bad. And in the modern NBA, if you're not shooting the three ball at least somewhat effectively, you aren't winning games. And that's obviously showing right here. I will give the Lakers and Darvin Ham a little bit of credit here. Defensively, I have to give the Lakers credit. They have been a very, very solid defensive team. They've played, obviously, a pretty tough schedule at the, uh, throughout so far. And they have done well defensively for the most part. The problem is they are dead last in the NBA in points per game. They are a terrible offensive team. That, and that not only goes, it goes beyond the three-point line. Obviously, that plays into it. But they're just not a good offensive team in general. And it's crazy to say that because you've got LeBron, you've got AD, and they've been doing their thing. That's what I'm saying. When they're they're the only one putting up numbers. They're the only ones doing anything at the very moment. I'll give Lonnie Walker credit. He's been doing his thing. But for the most part, you're relying on Patrick Beverly, Austin Reeves. That's why you got to put in Scottie Pippen Jr. They just don't have the guys that you you want. And and, and it's honestly, I have never seen a GM fail as much as Rob Palinka has for building a, a successful team around LeBron James. The formula is right there. It, you can go on Google and type it in. E equals MC squared. It's right there. The, <laughs> the formula for how to win with LeBron James is right there. You get shooters around LeBron James and you will win basketball games. And to be quite honest, Rob Palinka has failed. He should be getting fired. If I'm being honest, for how bad he's constructed these two Lakers teams last season and this season, he should be getting fired. Because Patrick Bev, he's but, more of a defensive grunt rather than a shooter. And, and 
I'm not saying you'd never, you don't want to get that on your team. You want to have good defensive players. You're going to have to have it if you're going to win games. But the other guys on the team, they just, maybe, you know what I mean? Pat Bev isn't the reason why the Lakers are losing. It's just, like I said, Dennis Schrouder's injured. They need to get another guy who can score the basketball. Exactly. They don't have another guy that is, is a solid option to score the basketball. And at this point, everyone knows it. Like, Russell Westbrook did have an absolutely terrible game where he literally didn't score a single point. Didn't, didn't score a single damn or, no, point. The only point he scored or no, was he, the Yeah, free the free throw. throw. But, but he, he shot 0 of 12 or whatever. It was pathetic. But for the most part, Russell Westbrook, has he, he's, he's been a decent defender. He's not been the sole reason for the Lakers losing, and I don't want to make it seem like that's the case. However, everyone knows it if you know how the cap space works in the NBA. The Lakers cannot make a move unless Russell Westbrook is involved in the deal because he takes up so much of the Lakers' salary cap. Exactly. They need to get Russell Westbrook out of there. And that's the option. And, and everyone knows it. The Lakers, and at this very moment, you know, we know the only way a team is going to trade for Russell Westbrook for the most part is if the Lakers give up him and then also their last two remaining first round picks Oof. in this decade. The Lakers have two first-round picks left in this whole decade, and they're about to trade them both with Russell Westbrook to get somebody. They have to. It's either they just literally throw it in, and they say the season is over. LeBron's not throwing anything away. I think he might be throwing it away. I don't know, man. I, I I think that the Lakers have to make a move sooner rather than later, and I don't think if they're making that move. I don't think they're making they're gonna make a move soon enough to save the season for the Lakers. I don't know if that's gonna happen. Ultimately, LeBron knows this. The 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 GM, the front office, everyone knows it. I think honestly, this is no no discredit to LeBron. He's doing everything that he can. However, we see certain times. I saw it against the Timberwolves. He took a couple plays off because he's saving himself. I think LeBron knows. Everyone knows. He's chasing Kareem. And at this point, he knows that this team is not going to be what, you know, in terms of championship contender. We, we know they're not going to that. So I think LeBron, ultimately, he doesn't want to get hurt. He wants to continue to break these records. And I think he wants to get his solid 25 a night that he can get pretty much with relative ease and get, you know, one step closer to Kareem every single day. We just saw him break their NBA record passing Carl Malone for the most 20-point games in NBA history. Yep. So that's another record that LeBron officially has. And I think LeBron knows that if he can just stay healthy and, and he did, like just be consistent... He'll break Kareem's record. He'll break Kareem's record. I think everyone kind of knows that. And that's ultimately... At this very moment, unless they make a trade soon, that's what LeBron is looking at for this season. He's just trying to break records. He knows that it's a wash. He knows that realistically, he ain't winning the championship this season with the Lakers. And, and he's looking forward to next season. He's looking forward towards next season because they that's that's gonna be their their best option to rebuild this roster, and and at this, and like I said, I don't know if I want Rob Palinka rebuilding this Lakers roster. I don't I, at this because we've seen how bad it's been. I don't know if I trust him. Yeah, you don't have another coach off the top of your head in mind. Well, not, well the coach is fine, Darvin Ham. Oh, not not Darvin Ham. Yeah, that's why I meant the GM. No, I, I can't think of a GM option off the top of my head that that, that I want. But I think anybody might be better than Rob Palinka. Anybody. Anybody. Me. I could probably... I could... I told you. The formula for how to win LeBron James. You know it. I know it. The guy off the street knows it. 
Everybody knows it. You get shooters, and you surround LeBron with shooters, and you will win games. Cleveland did it. Miami. The janitor did it. at the Lakers knows it. Everyone knows it. <laughs> the janitor at the Lakers facility knows that you have to get LeBron shooters. <laughs> Think about it. In Miami days, he had Shane Battier, Mike Miller, he had Ray Allen. He had guys who could make the three ball. Cleveland, Kyle Korver. He had guys. If he, they make the trade, who do you think they should be looking for? At this point, they they need anybody who can shoot the basketball. I think the guy who everyone wants and has been wanting for the longest time is that Buddy Heald, Miles Turner trade. I don't know. I don't know if it's in the cards necessarily uh, anymore. It was at one point. At this point, I don't even know exactly who the Lakers should be trying to get. I think that they were trying to trade with the Hornets. They were trying to get Terry Rozier, and 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 get Terry. Yeah, Terry Rozier. Yeah. At this point. Terry Rozier. Literally, bro. For get, Russell Westbrook? Literally get anybody in at this point, and it'll be a good option for the Los Angeles Lakers. Oof. That le- and, and, and so the final point about the Lakers, Anthony Davis. You you alluded to his statistics, what, 20, 24 points, nine rebounds this year? In Like, overall, the statistics for AD are good. But there is a key flaw with Anthony Davis's game that I got to point out. This man cannot shoot the basketball. He just can't. He's a terrible shooter of the basketball. Mid-range, three-point line, it doesn't matter. He's a terrible shooter. He's lost all confidence. (laughs) At this point, AD is still the same old AD in the paint around that area. He's getting the rebounds. He's getting the inside of the paint points. But he cannot stretch the floor anymore. He is washed. He need. He just no, 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 no. He's not washed. He's washed from, from in terms of shooting the basketball. Anthony Davis is washed. No, he he just needs to give up the three point. Oh no, shot. Uh, uh, that's I, it. Like, uh, he, he does, of course. He has to give up the three. And the reason why he has to do that is because he's washed at shooting. He can't shoot the basketball anymore. Like he just can't. And it, I don't know if it's his form or whatever. This man cannot shoot the basketball anymore. This man is he's Brick City. He's putting up Russ-like shooting numbers. He might be worse than Russ at shooting. Yeah, trust him in the paint. You trust him in the paint. Of course you do. The Lakers look uh, look a more competitive team when AD is healthy and when he's playing in the paint. We know that. But the fact of the matter is when AD gets the ball around that three-point line or the mid-range line, I'm sitting there at the TV screen with my hands up saying, do not shoot, please don't shoot, please don't shoot. And then he and shoots bet and he misses. Every single Lakers fan is, bro, because they're thinking, hey, you're a center, bro. Stay in the damn paint. It's, Ain't no guard. It's sad because at one point we saw it. When the Lakers won the 2020 bubble championship, Anthony Davis was an elite stretch-the-floor guy at that point. He was able to make a jump shot. And even before that in his career, when he was playing for the Pelicans, when he first got to the Lakers, he was able to make those shots. But he himself has to understand. He can't that, do it anymore. Exactly. These are different times, bro, and he has to stay his ass in the damn paint and get all the points he can. Because if he just did that, I would have no problems with AD. He's, he, like The problems that I have with AD stem from the fact he can't shoot <laughs> and he finds a way to get injured. He's made of glass. Those are my main problems with AD. If he can stay healthy, which obviously he wasn't even able to stay healthy for five games, he got healthy. Bro, he played four games for the Lakers, and then he got hurt. He didn't even get to play last time against uh, last night or whenever it was against the Timberwolves. Facts. And I don't know when he's going to be back or, or how many games he's going to be out, 
My problems with Anthony Davis is that even when he does come back and he's healthy, is that going to fix the Lakers? No, because they were 0-4 with him. The problem is this man cannot shoot the basketball. And, and AD, stop shooting, please. From the arc. But keep, bro, get the ball on the inside. Call for the ball on the inside. Hit him with a little post move type shit. Hit him with the, bro, even hit him with a euro. Do anything except what you're doing now. Because he's putting up good points, but not. Because AD putting up with, putting up 24 points and averaging nine and a half rebounds. And that's, and, and he's putting up those numbers and he came and he's, he's literally getting zero points from outside the, outside the paint right now because he can't shoot. That's, that's. That speaks volumes that's, to me. That's what I'm saying. Think about how much more AD would have if he, if he just accepted what he could. And, and he just went to the, into the paint full-time. Oh, he put the Lakers in a better position. He'd be at 30 points potentially per game. AD, 30 points per game, maybe maybe 11 rebounds? Come on, bro. But that's, that's some crazy numbers. And then him getting those extra offensive rebounds and passing it out to the three, bro, that could be the difference between them losing and winning. I genuinely agree with that. Damn, genuinely bro. Genuinely agree with that. AD. Well, not passing it out, like, maybe passing it out to the three, but, like, they got to dribble it in because they yeah. they're not making no, they're, threes they, at this moment. They're not making the threes. No. They're just terrible. And, and, that's, and that includes AD. That includes LeBron, unfortunately. He's not been shooting the ball great. It, it's the entire team. And, and I love LeBron just as much as, as the next LeBron guy, but – you have to give LeBron some fault for it, too. He's been playing amazing, but he can't shoot the ball either. And he was actually, before this, he was actually, like, people no, saying he was improving, improving. his three-point game. Yeah, not this season. <laughs> not this season. He even said it himself, we're not a three-point shooter team. Yeah. He, he said he, we couldn't make a penny in the ocean. He, bro, he, LeBron said himself, we can't make a penny in the, in the freaking ocean, bro. And he's saying that about his own damn team. It's sad crazy so you ready to get into the next team yeah so uh cbs once again dropped another list of the teams that have started off slow that we actually kind of care about to a certain extent you know the teams that we thought would be somewhat contenders or, or, or in better positions than they are now through five games the teams that uh are on the list the miami heat the Brooklyn Nets, the Philadelphia 76ers, and obviously the team we just got finished talking about, the Los Angeles Lakers. So, given everything, what team out of the Heat, the Nets, and the Sixers, which one are you most worried about? I think a lot of people are probably going to guess my answer, and it's definitely the Nets, without a doubt. Ben Simmons, I thought, Personally, I thought I wasn't thinking like G saying he was going to be no all star. Now that's that's crazy. Yeah, crazy. That's crazy. But I truly thought that he was going to better his performance, not by no nothing crazy, but I really, really thought he was going to better his performance, and that addition was going to be enough for Katie and Kyrie to ultimately get them high, high, higher in the playoffs than they were. Yeah. But now. Ben Simmons is just not performing. And Katie and Kyrie, it's look, looking like it's not enough. Although on paper, bro, I'm thinking that's the best duo in damn history on paper. Mm-hmm. But the, it's just not, they're not the chemistry or whatever. It's just not working. 
it's just that's the team that I'm most worried about, man, man. Because Ben Simmons, bro, Ben damn Simmons, bro. Montana 300 said it in his damn songs, bro. We ain't fixing the past. This ain't Ben Simmons, bro. Well, Ben Simmons is not fixing his damn past, bro. He's keeping that past alive. Ass performance. Ass. Yeah, honestly, I have to agree with you. Out of those three teams, I am the most concerned about the Nets as well. We have seen KD and Kyrie do exactly what we thought they would. That's the one part of the Nets I'm not concerned about. KD and Kyrie have been great so far this season. Exactly. They, they deserve pretty much, you know, no blame for their offensive, you know, and defensive, you know, kind of failure. Per se. As a team, they've been doing what they need to do. The problem with the Brooklyn Nets is the defense. They have a defensive issue. Ben Simmons is supposed to be the guy who came in and is supposed to fix the defense. And he he's not really doing that. You, look, you, you get exposed when you play Giannis. You get exposed when you play the elite teams. And let's just be honest. Although the Nets have had a relatively difficult schedule, they play like the Pelicans, they play the Bucks, yeah, they play teams like that. The signs that I've seen... They're not just gonna fix overnight. You know, the defensive issues aren't just gonna fix themselves overnight. And they have a spacing issue because one of their main lineups includes Ben Simmons and Claxton. And both of those guys, they ain't really shooting the ball like that. Hey, bro, if he's like I was just about to say, you say he's not contributing on defense like he was supposed to. And he's not, and he's not making shots. So what what the he hell doing? is he doing? What is he doing? He's just waste. He's just wasting minutes on the, the NBA court. And we both saw the clip of him airballing a layup. How do you airball a layup? I'm not missing that. You're not missing that. Ben Simmons, how did you airball a layup, bro? I've never seen that. Honestly, bro, I I don't think I've ever seen somebody airball a layup before. I I can't think of it. Also, man, I've never seen that. I really don't think I have. But maybe I have, and I'm not. I can't remember. But like, it's crazy. Out of ten. I am giving the Nets a concerned rating of 8. I am an 8 out of 10 concerned about the Brooklyn Nets at this very moment. I don't think they are a championship contender. To be honest, like, to say that this team And you has, really want them to be, bro. Because you, like, you think with KD Kyrie, they have that championship aspirations. When, you, when you're led by KD and Kyrie, this team has championship aspirations, but this team is not good enough to win a championship as currently constructed at this very moment with the defensive issues. And they are going to get slightly healthier. They're going to get Seth Curry back and a couple guys. But that's not going to fix the problem that the Nets have ultimately on defense. Hell no. So the Nets, they're going to make the playoffs in the end. They're going to make the playoffs, but they are not a championship contender, if I'm being quite honest. The team on this list that I'm the second most concerned about, Miami Heat. The Heat, exactly, because we both know the Sixers. They're going to fix what's going on, man. Yeah. They're going to toss the rock around, and everything's going to work out for them. They'll figure it out. Embiid, bro, he's going to end up, right? He's going to do his thing. It's yeah. Embiid. And, and the James, uh, old James Harden is back. You know, they're going to figure out their chemistry kind of things. You know, let's get them more opportunities on the court. You know, throughout the course of this season, I think we're going to see the Philadelphia 76ers get better and better and bro, better. The 76ers fans were praying. For the, that old James Harden to come back. And he has. And he's back, bro. So I wouldn't be worried. Exactly. The 76ers, bro. They answered the prayers. Yeah. Like out of especially out of these teams, like 
I'm not necessarily concerned at all about the 76ers. I think they're going to be exactly who we thought they were going to be. They're going to be – I don't. Uh, do I think that they're making the NBA Finals? In my personal opinion, no, even if they do fix all these issues. But I think they are a contender, more so than the Nets. Exactly. But the Heat, they're an interesting one for me because Ooh. they made the Eastern Conference Finals last year. G came on here, and, and, I, and I agree with them for the most part. They were a bad refereeing call with on the Max Struess 3 from making the NBA Finals. True. They were right there. They could have been – would they have beat the Warriors? And Jimmy Butler missing know. the last shot. shot. As well. They had their opportunities, you know, so credit to the Celtics. But and, uh, we always kind of criticize the Celtics. You know, cre- I, I, I give a lot of credit to the Boston Celtics last season and this season as well. They're doing amazing. But back to the Miami Heat. They were almost the team that was playing the Warriors in the finals last year. And would they have won that series? The world may never know. However, this season, they lost P.J. Tucker and Oof. that is a huge loss. You know, we a, a lot of people potentially overlooked it at the time, but now that we're seeing how the Heat are playing basketball, when Bam Adebayo has to play center, he's an undersized center as it is. It kind of worked because PJ Tucker is a defensive guy. He can get in the paint and help out Bam on defense. PJ Tucker ain't there anymore to help him out. However, Bam, Tyler Hero is performing well again. He's performing good. But that's not going to offset the defensive The defensive issue. issue, of course. When the Heat play, you know, a, a guy like Embiid, and they play guys with those big, big guys, they are going to get exposed, and they already kind of have been. You're going to get posterized. And Boom. realistically, they need – it's not even like something with that they can – they need to make an adjustment and fix it. I don't know how you fix the Heat's issues. Honestly, the Heat just aren't as good of a basketball team this year as they are last year. That's just plain and simple. It's just it's just plain and simple as that. They're just not as good. And did I think that they were going to the final? Did I think they were even going to be like they were last year? No. And and this start to the season just proves it. Do I think they're a playoff team? Probably when they fix all of their issues, they probably make the playoffs. No doubt about that. But are they? It's hard not to see. My bad for cutting you off. But it's hard not to see Jimmy Butler not in the playoffs. But are, but, yeah. but are they going to be that team like they were last year, one shot away from making the NBA Finals? No, I don't even, no, think, yeah. I, I don't even think they're making the conference finals. They'd be lucky to make it out of the first round especially, based on what I've been seeing. Especially because there's more contenders now. With Zion being back and the Pelicans are looking but, like a great, t- good team. That's, so, in the, that's in the West. Of course, but I'm saying, like, there's just more, like, I'm just saying, giving an example of a team that, like, was m- kind of mid before, and now they've, they've doing a lot better. And there's teams similar to that in the East. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Those teams took a step up, and the Heat just took one step, step down. down. And that's just the harsh reality of it for the Miami Heat. It, it like, it's crazy that there's a team that's that's more uh, like because you would think you know they had higher expectations based on what they did last year. I'm only giving the Heat a concerned rating of six because I'm not holding them to the same standards as I do the Nets. The Nets, they have championships. I'm giving them a nine. The Nets and yeah. the Heats. The the, Net- I mean the Heat. My bad. The Heat. I'm giving them. Oof. It's got to be a seven, bro. Like, seven. I I had the Nets with an eight and the Heat with a six. And I kind of want to say an eight for the Heat, but I know they're going to get their issues resolved. And ultimately, the reason why I don't have the Heat higher on my rating is just because I don't hold them to the same standards. Because if you look at the rosters, the Nets, they got those championship aspirations because they got KD and Kyrie. You expect that duo to be able to make the NBA Finals. Literally, I'm pretty sure I said it on the pod, like, Best duo like that I could think of, KD like, and Kyrie, and they KD not, and Kyrie, and they're not realistically 
the team we expect them to be. They're not a playoff. Well, they're a playoff team, but they're not a finals contender at this very moment. And Crazy. Unless they make a trade to fix defensive issues, the Nets, I, I don't think that they're going to be that team. Because I, I, based on what I've seen so far, I think the Bucks are that team. Yep, but. I could definitely agree. You ready to get into soccer? Oh, I'm ready. I, w- I want to hear your thoughts on Chelsea getting absolutely demolished to Brighton 4-1. It was a pathetic performance. It was pathetic. It was more than pathetic. It was absolutely horrible. You know, you would expect, you know, Chelsea, obviously Graham Potter came from Brighton midseason to join Chelsea. You would expect the team to be more fired up to to get him a win against his former club. However, it was the exact opposite. Chelsea came out. They were lethargic. Brighton, they came out like a team that was motivated as ever to win this game. And Chelsea was the exact opposite. They were lethargic. They looked uninterested. It just wasn't what you expect from a team as quality as Chelsea and a team that they're, they're, you know, Brighton are a good team, but they're not Chelsea's level. That's what I wanted to say. Brighton, from the start of the game, brought the press, bro, on, bro. They were pressing hard, bro. And Chelsea, like you said, they were just they looking, looking like they weren't as prepared. Yeah. I think that comes down to the manager. But, like, in terms of the players on the pitch, Chelsea are still the better side. I'm Without gonna, a doubt. I'm going to get into the decisions that Graham Potter made tactically, and I think he, he failed ultimately. But from as soon as the whistle blew... There was only one player on that Chelsea team that looked actually motivated to play, and that was Thiago Silva. You have to give him credit. But you have no doubts that Thiago Silva is, is going to be that guy because he is. He's a legend of the game. He gives his heart. Great center every, back. He gives his heart and soul to the pitch every single time he steps out. The same can't be said about a lot of those other Chelsea players. However, <laughs> the problem right now with Chelsea is tactically. They switch formations and they switch their players so, so much right now. There's no continuity and consistency in that team. They don't know what they're doing. They, they, I, don't think, I don't think Graham Potter even knows what he wants to do with this Chelsea team. I think we're, I'm not doubting Graham Potter as a tactician. I think he's a, he's a genius coach for the most part. We saw what he could do with Brighton when given the proper time. However, I think he's still trying to figure out exactly what he wants to do with this Chelsea team. I think he's still trying to figure out which players he likes, which ones he doesn't, which ones suit his style of play and which ones don't. And I think all of that is tough to do midseason. So, I, you know, it's hard to really, really get on him because it is, he's doing a, it's, it's a difficult thing that he's doing right now, doing all of this midseason as Chelsea still have that, those high expectations of making the top four, competing in the Champions League, which they just qualified for the round of 16 for. They have the highest expectations, and, and Graham Potter is still trying to figure everything out. However, today specifically, Graham Potter got it all wrong from the very beginning. As soon as he dropped the lineup, you're playing three at the back. Kukorea, you sign him for $60 million. He is not a freaking center back. I don't know. <laughs> Last week, he got subbed off within, what is it, 35 to 40 minutes because he was playing terrible at center back. And then you put him back. This week, he did the same thing. And it didn't work again. He, he, he's, he's just not suited to play there. However, that wasn't even the worst thing that he did. The worst decision I think I've, I might have ever seen, playing Raheem Sterling at left wing back and Christian Pulisic at right wing back. Oh, that's crazy. What are that's, you doing, man? That's what are you doing? Pulisic at what? Wing back, man. It, it, it was pathetic. To sign Raheem Sterling... 
and play him at wing back. Nah, it, no, there's no, no, he didn't. Nah, he no, did. no. Yeah, that's what he did today. You look at that, bro. He's a goal scorer. If it worked, you know, we wouldn't be criticizing it, obviously. But it didn't work. It failed. Chelsea got thrashed down the wing. If you look at those Brighton goals, for the most part, a lot of them came down the wing. The third goal that they scored, which was an own goal by Trevor Chalaba, Christian Pulisic let his runner just run right by him because he, he's not a defender. He's not tracking back. He's not a good man marker. That's not his bag. It's not his bag at all. So how are we telling Graham Potter what's his player's damn bag? Uh, and it, It's just ass. <laughs> the front three that we put out today uh, of Kai Havertz at striker, Mason Mount, and, and Connor Gallagher, like, I don't know how many times they have to say it. He scored today, but let's not act like this goal makes up for the fact that Kai Havertz, he, he scored a, a midweek in the Champions League, but let's not act like Kai Havertz. This shit's going to work forever. It, it, it's he, not. He's not a striker. <laughs> exactly. He's not a good striker at the end of the day. Mason Mount has, has, has rejuvenated his form, although he wasn't great today. You know, I'm not going to criticize him too much. But as an as a, as a overall unit... You can't go into a into a game like a tough game against Brighton and and think that Kai Havertz, Connor Gallagher, and Mason Mount as your front three is going to work. Of course not. It's, and I, it's just not good when you got Raheem Sterling and Pulisic playing there, but they're playing as wingbacks. And I know it's too early to judge Graham Grant Graham Potter's performance. However, out of the last three games, I think he should have won one in the Premier League. In the Premier League. I think they, I think this was technically his first loss. I think, but like, obviously the performance. I think we might have drew, stuff like that. I'm saying overall, like, yeah, yeah. I I I I I see the sentiment that you're trying to make. I think we can all agree he tactically got it wrong today, and although the players played shit, you got you like. I I think you look at this. You look at this four one. You know, you can't look at it for too long if you're from a, a Chelsea perspective because you got to move forward onto the next games. But tactically, it was bad. Players on the pitch, it was bad. They tried to switch formations middle game. It, it, it didn't work. They've got a lot of, of figuring things out to do. However, I know it's tough to criticize them. Well, you can criticize them for the way they played as wingbacks today, but they're not wingbacks. But even when they're not playing their wing-back position, they're playing winger like they actually want to play, Raheem Sterling has been absolutely abysmal since joining Chelsea. I, I, and it has to be said, did I expect him to light the Premier League on fire and, and be absolutely unbelievable for Chelsea? No. But I expect more than what we've got so far. We thought he was going to be a great addition. And right now, I don't know how many times I've had to say it, he has just not been a great player for Chelsea this season so far. He's not been what I expected. Do you think Potter is just not utilizing him? I think it... it we the way, or just using him the way he needed to be used. I, I think some of it, obviously, when you're playing him at left wing back, obviously, you know, you're not going to get the most out that of him. That literally, like, that just... It don't sit right with me. It doesn't sit but, right with but me. But even when Raheem Sterling was playing winger for Chelsea this season, he has not been playing how we want him to play. He's, he's not been clinical in front of goal. He's not been the, the, the guy making decisive passes. Uh, one moment that sticks into my head was, I think it was in the Champions League on Wednesday or Tuesday. One of, or I think it was Wednesday. Or 
Yeah, it was Tuesday. It was Tuesday. So in the Champions League, the cross comes in. Raheem Sterling is right there. He can either finish it himself or, or, or the cross back in for the tap-in is wide open. And he failed to do either one. He, he messed up the touch, and he made a bad touch, and, and they were ultimately able to clear it. That sums up Raheem Sterling as a Chelsea player so far. He's been not been clinical, been utilized out of position, but that's on the manager. But even when he is in the proper position, he has not been decisive nor clinical. And that's obviously what you expect from a guy like Raheem Sterling, who's proven it. He can, you know what he can bring to the table. And he did it for Manchester City. And, uh, and, and then his, his wing-back counterpart, Christian Pulisic, he's not been much better this season. He hasn't been getting quite as many opportunities per se. However, he's been, been not great this season. That's why he's not getting the opportunities because of performances like today. You know, he, he, even though he was playing wing-back, he should have scored. He had a wide-open goal. You know, he had a great opportunity. Yep. Yeah, he, yeah, he did. And he missed. <laughs> obviously, his confidence isn't what you probably... He's not, it's not at the top of his game. And obviously, that miss probably isn't young helping. Young player. He, he's it, young. Th- that miss obviously isn't helping his confidence in any way, shape, or form. But, I mean, look. You're Christian Pulisic. You've done it for your country so many times. You've, you can deal with pressure. Uh, right now, he's folding under the pressure. Facts. It's sad. Ultimately, bro, do I think Chelsea, this is a, 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 a telltale sign of things to come? No, because, you know, Graham Potter, he's a great manager. He'll be able to figure it out. However, losing 4-1 to Brighton in any way, shape, or form is pathetic for a club like Chelsea. Facts. Especially after, when he coached there. Like, yeah, he just came from there. Oof. Got shit on by his former club. Another, people would say, upsetting loss. Liverpool loses to Leeds 2-1. Exactly. At home. At Anfield. The fortress. <sighs> the craziest thing about this, this loss for Liverpool is the fact that it ends Virgil van Dijk's 70-game home unbeaten streak. 70 consecutive games at Anfield. If Virgil van Dijk is in the team, they don't lose. That's the, that was the end of this run. It, it's unbelievable that, it, first of all, you got to give credit to VVD. To, to have a 70-game home unbeaten run, that tells you all you need to know about how good of a player he is slash was and how good those Liverpool teams were in the past. Of course. However, we have to focus on today. And let's just be honest, Liverpool are not a great team at the moment. From front to back, they're just not a great team at the moment. You know, ultimately in this game... There were a couple guys that need to be looked at. First of all, Joe Gomez. Terrible performance. Terrible. He and, and it goes beyond the fact that he basically gifted Leeds a goal. You know. I he might I, I, I hope he got the assist because he basically gave Rodrigo a perfect pass to finish into an open net. I mean, you never want to get the assist against your team, but that's what Joe Gomez essentially did. But beyond that, it was not a great performance from him. You know, on the ball, it, it just wasn't a great performance. Darwin Nunes, he has to be looked at. At the end of the day, you expect more from your guy that you paid $80 million for. You know, you expect more. He had a, a couple chances where you expect him to be able to put him away. I have to give credit to Meslier from Leads 
a great goalkeeping performance to keep some of those shots from Darwin Nunes out of the goal. Yeah. But when you pay $80 million for a striker to replace Sadio Mane... He's ma- he should be making those he goals. Sh- he needs to be making... Without a doubt. He needs to be making some of these opportunities that he's getting. And he just wasn't able to get him in the back of the net today. So you have to look at Darwin Nunes. And this goes not only for this game, but in previous games. You know, he just hasn't quite lived up to what you expect. Facts. So far this season. And then the other thing for Liverpool... Is their midfield. You know, their midfield has not been great this season and especially not today against Leeds. It's not the same midfield. Fabinho is not the same player. You know, Curtis Jones, you know what I mean? Like, like, like it's just not looking good for Liverpool on the midfield side of things. They have issues that stem bigger than their big stars. They still have Alisson, who's a great goalkeeper. They still have Van Dijk. We know how good he is. They have Mo Salah. Mo Salah. But the problems are just in the rest of the team. Facts. They, w- I said it at the time. They needed to replace Sadio Mane better, and they didn't. However, takeaway I got from it: Leeds they put on a show. They did, and they clutched it up at the end. Like at the end, they got the goal towards the end. They yeah, clutched it up from Somerville, and it was it was it was a great finish from Somerville. And I think an overall, pretty much, like the the big that is a takeaway. But the biggest. Takeaway is that Liverpool has just been underperforming the season. The whole season. Exactly, the whole season. Yeah. I so, mean, at this rate, they, they're, they're, they're closer to the relegation side than they are the top four. That tells you all you need to know about Liverpool at the moment. And usually they're, they're, they're destined to be in the top four always, well, pretty uh, much. Uh, recently, you know, they were right there with Manchester City contending for the league. You know, they were that second best team. They, did, they, they won the league over Man City a few years back. You know, they were that good. And if Man City weren't as good of a team as they were, Liverpool would have probably won, you know, three to four Premier Leagues, you know, over the last couple of years. This season, they're just not the same team. And whether that comes down to, you know, they weren't able to make the proper signings, they didn't replace Sadio Mane properly, whatever it comes down to, they just, they're not the same team. And it's it's time to start accepting that Liverpool are not the same team that they were and look at them with, with different expectations. Because right Facts. now, you have to look at Liverpool and say, they'll be lucky to finish fourth right now. If they can somehow salvage the season and finish fourth in the league, they'll be, they'll be praying to the gods saying thank you. Because but, at the very moment, they look destined for potentially the Europa League. Ooh. And that's a hell of a step down. Oh, it is. I will say, though, even though they've been underperforming massively, I don't think Liverpool should be looking at Jurgen Klopp and saying it's time to go. I do not think that they should be looking at sacking Jurgen Klopp. And if they do, do that relatively soon, I I think they'd be making a huge mistake. Give them some time. I think you have to give them some time. You have to to properly make some signings in the transfer transfer window. I think that they're going to have to. There are key issues with the squad. That need to be addressed. And once that happens, if Liverpool still underperform, then you can look at Klopp. However, I think you give him a little bit more time. I think you have to at this very moment. Good coach. He's a great coach. And I, and I want to give a quick little credit to Jesse Marsh, the Leeds coach, the American coach. Good performance. You know, you, you have to clap your hands and say to beat, and to beat Liverpool at Anfield, under all of the scrutiny and pressure Jesse Marsh has been under as an American coach coaching in the Premier League, you have to give him credit for, for what he did because he's, he, he got the team of Leeds to buy in to what he was saying. And, and ultimately, it was a passionate performance 
It was a great performance, and Somerville with the great finish to tie it all together. You got to give credit to Jesse Marsh. He's bought himself some more time because some people were saying he might be getting sacked soon. He might be getting the sack. He's bought himself some more time with the with this Leeds team. You got to get him credit for that. Facts. As an American coach, he's under a lot of pressure in England. So you got to—I I respect him for being able to do this job, and and beating Liverpool at home. You got to give him credit for that. So you ready to get into music? I'm ready. Kodak album. I mean Kodak. Yeah, Kodak album. Oof. Cut throat bill volume one. Which implies there might be a volume two coming relatively soon. Relatively soon. What are your initial thoughts? My initial thoughts on the project. I'm not gonna lie. I heard the like we first like when we first listened to the single. That's I'm, what I'm I was so, gonna mention. When we first listened to the single, "I'm So Awesome" for the first time, it brought my expectations lower because I didn't think it was a great single. We thought it was gonna be ass. When I was able to re-listen to the album, I don't think the single was as bad as I originally thought. However, as an album. I, I, it's it's better than what I expected ultimately from this project. Facts. Is this a top tier Kodak album? Is it better than Dying to Live? Is it better than than Project Baby and all of those albums? Of course not. Is it better than Painting Pictures? Of course not. But it's a it's a solid album for Kodak, and I think that there were some highlightable tracks. I uh, off the top of my head, uh, I think I Can't Sleep. That was one of the ones for me. That was it. Was really good. I got some. I got some type. Yeah, uh, yeah. And three hundred blackout. Obviously, the singles walk. Walk is a banger. Spin. You know, the the singles. Those two singles were great. Overall, I think it was a pretty solid project for Kodak. If I have to give it a rating, I'm thinking. I'm thinking, uh, a six. Solid six. I'm rating it a seven. A seven. Go on and explain. Like we said. We reviewed the single on the pod. I'm so awesome, and that shit's ass. I I, I, you still I, think it's bad? I still think it's pretty. Like I think it's better than what I originally it's, thought. I agree. I agree with that. But I still think it's bad. Like it's not good. Like it is not a good song. No, no, no. We reviewed Lil Baby's album on the pod. Although Lil Baby's album had better hits overall. As a total, I think Kodak just had the better album. Wow, so you're saying Cutthroat Bill Volume 1 better than Lil Baby's new album. Better than Lil Baby's new album. And that is because, although, like, I liked some of the hits, definitely, like, because they were better, like, on Lil Baby's album, for, like, Never Hating, Shice Talk, um, Real Spill, specifically those three. But overall, like when you put the whole track list side by side, you like, bro. Song. I got Kodak album, bro. Kodak's album, wow. bro. Wow. No doubt, bro. So yeah, I'm rating it a seven. Oof. Three tracks to look out for on the album: "Demand My Respect," "300 Blackout," and "Kodak the Boss." I believe that was the intro, correct? I think so. Yeah. That was the intro. Kodak the Boss. And it's interesting because, like, KTB, Cutthroat Bill, Kodak the Boss, KTB. Expected sales, I got 40K. That's because I don't think it will sell like his last project, especially because his last project had Super Gremlin on it. Yeah. And that sold 65K. So I'm giving him a good 40K on this. 
Yeah, I, I can agree. It's probably going to be around that range, you know, that 30 to 40K range. That's what I would expect for this album. And that's, you know, that's what you kind of expect from Kodak at this it, point. Exactly. And it's hard to, like, it's hard to say that Kodak's going to sell anything less than that because it's yeah. Kodak Black. So yeah. he's not selling anything less than 40K. Yeah. Ultimately, it's it's solid. It, it's The only thing for me that I would have liked to have seen more on this album was just better features. Better features. You know? He was putting some people on, though. He was. He put on some artists, you know, with this project. Some that, of them were fire. But for the most part, <laughs> I wanted to see some bigger names in, on the feature list, if I'm being honest. You know, it's Kodak. He can pretty much get anybody. Specifically? Well, you know, he's locked up right now. I would love to see, you know, Hot Boy. Oof. If I could, if I could get one artist that I would have liked to see on this album that's realistic, per se, you know. Oh, sure, you want to see Drake. You want to see, who, you know, whoever. But... Realistically, someone that Kodak has worked with in the past consistently, I would have loved to have seen Hot Boy on this project because that would have been fire. Because I don't think he's too too big in the in terms of like, I think Kodak was trying to do something with this album and it's like a you know put some put some people on. Like, I don't think you could have expected a huge big name artist on this project like Future because I think which would have been fire because I think he's probably saving that for his next album that he's gonna promote for a longer period of time and stuff like that. But Hot Boy, he's he's big, but he's not crazy big, and I think it probably could have fit the, what he wanted to do with this album. However, he might be saving that for the next project. You Facts. Know? I think, I think this project was more for Kodak's diehard fans. You know, I think that's why there were so many solo tracks on there. He even dropped a couple snippets on this album that were people wanted for three three four years. You know, I saw it when I was scrolling through the track list, and I uh, people on Twitter were were literally they were tagging Kodak, thanking him. For dropping their, their favorite yeah, snippet. Yeah, I've seen that. So, like, you got to give them credit for being able to drop those songs. And I think that, that this tape was more for his fans. And you and I got to respect that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely got to respect that. And got to respect the fact that he was putting people on with the song with, with a couple of songs. Yeah, yeah. Even You know, they might not have been the greatest in the world, but, but you got to respect that he was trying to put them on. Bet. So, you ready to talk about the new Juice World single? I'm ready. In... My head drops. Boom. As the lead single for the new album. They haven't confirmed the name. However, people are anticipating it being called the highly anticipated Party Never Ends album. Which Juice World World teased it himself when he was still alive. Yeah, I remember that. That was... Damn. Damn. That's what this... It's not confirmed by Lil Bibby yet, who's the, uh, the label guy, but... That's what we think is th- this is the next album for the Juice World. I'm thinking this Juice World album is going to be one of the top five albums of 2022. I would be shocked if it wasn't. Facts. I think they've literally been teasing the name "The Party Never Ends" for so long now. You know, the last posthumous album, they, like they were, they were saying it was going to be "The Party Never Ends," and it ended up not being it. I think when you've put it off for this long, you have to make it. That quality it has to be that good. I think that you ha- like I've I've criticized Juice World's label in the past, you know, because of the how they've treated his music and they drop a lot of leaks and and people want the non leaks. I gotta give them credit because this song, they literally gave it a fake name so that it wouldn't get leaked. Lil Baby dro- uh, when he was teasing yep. when he was teasing I the song, that. he said that this song was called Rush Hour. So I'm sure that the Juice World leakers were trying to leak a song called Rush Hour. They weren't able to do it because it was actually called In My Head. So you got to give him credit for that. He's trying to drop songs that haven't leaked. 
I mean, I think you've heard because I played some of, some of the Juice World leaks. I have so many of. I think everyone has so many Juice World leaks because fire. They, by the way, they're 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 fire. But like a Juice World song, pretty much leaks every single day at this point. You know, it's crazy how much music he's recorded. But I think that this Juice World album has a potential to be a classic because they're dropping the songs that haven't leaked that no one's ever heard. You and. These are from the sessions of Goodbye and Good Riddance. They're from Ooh. they're from Death Race for Love. Those are like those two albums right there are prime time. That's the, uh, so like you're taking songs that were recorded for those albums and you're putting them on this. I'm expecting it to be an absolute banger. And I agree with you. When the party never ends does drop, if it drops in 2022, which I think we kind of expect it to, it will be a top five album this year because it's going to be prime juice songs we've never heard. And then hopefully they don't load it up with too many features, but hopefully we get some crazy good features of the songs we do get, like Uzi, A Future, those types of guys. He actually liked Polo G, you know, the guys that he actually likes working with. I think that's what we could expect. Some people will question it, though, and say, should the label continue to drop music after his passing? For me, I think it's a great way for the fans to live on through his music. I agree. It's, it's amazing. I, I remember we saw the music video for in my head and it, it just brought me back like memories of like me listening to juice world and the activities that i was doing just chilling or studying or whatever playing ball whatever i was doing or riding in the whip playing juice world and just having a good time mm-hmm. with my friends so yeah. yeah man like it i think the fans need to live through his music and that's a way to do it by consistently dropping new music because if you just let the music sit then and the fans eventually are just, it'll die yeah out. eventually it'll die out man so this is a way to keep his name alive I, I totally agree with that i think because of how bad people like like xxx tentacio's team have have dealt with posthumous music that people have a sour taste in their mouth with posthumous music obviously i don't think we ever want to see posthumous music because we would love we'd, we'd prefer the artist to be here alive of course you know obviously that's what we want however in this particular case it, I don't think Juice World's team has been doing a terrible job. Uh, you know, obviously people can criticize them for dropping mostly leaks, or they can criticize them for allowing the songs to leak in the first place. But they have consistently put out music. It's been quality music for the most part. It's been good Juice World songs. I don't think you can. Like, I think maybe Lil Bibby and that that whole team of Juice World uh, guys they get too much hate for how they've dealt with this music. I don't think Thanks. they've done that bad, and. I think that they are taking the steps in the right direction by dropping unheard songs that no one's ever heard, no leaks, no nothing. I think that they're taking a step in the right direction by doing that. And I I know that, that they respect Juice World obviously, and that they know that the party never ends, that if Juice was able to put it out himself, what, they, what he would have wanted. And I think they know that he would have put out a classic if that, if that did come out. So I don't think they're going to disrespect him by dropping the party never ends, and it'd be bad. You yeah, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And I think in terms of this song itself, this proves it to me because Facts. this was a very good song. Yeah, it was fi- It was great. It was a very good song, and it was a song. There was no snippet for it. There was no leak. No one knew what it was going to be like. You know, you can kind of guess what a Juice Rose song is going to kind of sound like, but for the most part, we, you know, it's not like we had any idea of, of, of the lyrics or anything. And it was it was a good song. It was really good, yeah. And you know you have to. I'm excited to see 
what comes next for Juice World? Is it going to be another single? Is it going to be the album? It's got to be coming soon if they are dropping the single now. So hopefully within the next month or so, they can kind of announce the album name and when the project's going to release. And if it is The Party Never Ends, you know, we're in for a classic. Let's Ooh. just be honest. Classic, without a doubt. Without a doubt, yeah. So we got a little pump. It says J. Cole was wrong about Jake when J. Cole predicted him falling off. Yeah. He just said that in a new interview with Bootleg Kev. I believe J. Cole said that in a in a rap. In, in, in 2018. A, yeah, in a song. It, it he rapped, and he, it, he didn't call out, like, I don't think he said Lil Pump specifically, no, but he just said the was, new, newer rappers that were coming it out. It was a general kind of verse in, in the song called 1985, yep. I believe it was, on KOD. And, you know, at the time, people put two and two together that he was talking about Lil Pump and that newer generation. And... I think Lil Pump kind of confirms that he he thought the song was about him as well at the time because he's, he's addressing this in the interview. Of course. So do you think, do you agree with what Lil Pump said? Do you think that, that J. Cole was wrong about his prediction about Lil Pump falling off? People are going to be surprised by my answer. But I think Lil Pump is right. Wow. I don't think Lil Pump has fallen off. Let's be real. He hasn't necessarily been dropping music. He hasn't been dropping projects. The last project he dropped was in 2021, and it was by complete surprise. It, he didn't have no big, like, uh, marketing behind it. He just dropped it out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. But the project before that was, uh, what, what was it, uh, College Dropout or whatever, or Har Harvard, Harvard Dropout. Yeah, Harvard Dropout, and that was filled with b -b -b bangers That was, like, what, 2019? 2019. It was a long time ago. That's what I'm saying. It was a long time ago, so he just hasn't really been dropping music, but... The music, he, he just started to drop music mm -hmm. a couple months ago, and that shit has been fire. He's back, you think? Fire, bro. I think Little Pump is back. So that leads me into my next point. Obviously, you think he, he can make a comeback. I think Little Pump is making a comeback, bro. I think he's back, bro. He's been teasing the Little Pump 2 album for so long. Do you think that that album is going to bring him back? I think that album will definitely bring him back. Think about the features that are going to be on that album, potentially. We got Offset, Chief Keef. Bro, who knows? Youngboy could be on that album. Yeah. And if Youngboy and Chief Keef are on the damn same album, bro. Yeah, they That'd be crazy. Yeah, obviously, Young Boy and Chief Keep just had that collaboration on my I Got a Family. Exactly. So, like another Young Boy and Chief Keep, bro. That'd be that'd be crazy, bro. The tracks that he's recently dropped, I want to give them a shout out. We got Splurging and All of a Sudden, bro. <laughs> and bro, the music videos are on point, bro, and they're hilarious, bro. Especially Splurging, bro. It's hilarious, bro. Like. Bro, on point, bro. I think Lil Pump is definitely making a comeback. Do I think he's hitting Gucci Gang levels, number one on Billboard? Maybe not necessarily, no. But I think he'll definitely be back up, up there. And like I said, I wouldn't say he fell off. I just said, I, I would just say he just hasn't been dropping. Mm -hmm. Some people would consider not dropping kind of like a fall off per se because you're not capitalizing on your... You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but Ken people wouldn't say Kendrick fell off. Yeah, it, it kind of—it's one of the things. It, it, it's a cat and mouse debate. It goes both ways. Ultimately, for the most part, 
I'm not gonna act like I've never uh, like I think everyone has bumped a lot of little pump songs, you know, throughout their life, Oof. you know, especially during that that time period of that 2018 kind of 2017. Everyone was rocking a little pump. Did I play you those new songs that he dropped? Yeah, I no, believe you, I did. You, you yeah, did, yeah. I think, for the most part, J Cole was right. Ooh. Because if you look at like he said it in 2018, if you what what has Lil Pump really really done since J Cole dropped that song? He dropped Harvard Dropout in 2019, but even after that, that was a flop per se because it had big name features, but it didn't do the success of of his original tape. It wasn't the same. So that was like the sign of like okay, he he dropped that. It had hype around it, and it didn't live up to, to it was it wasn't bad, but it didn't live up to the hype. And then since then, what has he done? Pretty much nothing. He's dropped those new songs now, but pretty much he's done nothing. Nothing, yeah, that's true. So, if people don't give Lil Pump, they don't even put him in the same breath that they were in 2017, 2018. And honestly, if he does drop a Lil Pump 2 pretty soon, are people going to check it out and tune in? Potentially. But because he's not in the same bracket that he was when J. Cole originally made this verse, I think that's why I, ha- I have to consider it a fall-off. Dude, I, I can respect that opinion do, for sure. Do I think Lil Pump is necessarily, like, did I not, like, am I going to say that, like, the new song Splurging is trash or Ooh. anything like that? No, it's not the case. It's not bad at all. Are you going to say it's fire? I don't know if it's quite the old Lil Pump, but I think it, it, it's like... It, Walking in even a splurge. It's, hey. it's, it's, it's good. Uh, fire, though. Bro, it's fire, uh, bro. It's going to be tough, bro. It's, 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 good. it's a good song. You're going to have to hear it again. I'm it's been have, a while. I'm going to have to hear it's it again. It's been a minute. I'm going to have to hear it again. I'll, I'm excited to see what he's going to do uh, with, his, with Lil Pump, too, because he's been teasing that for so long. I, I, I don't know when it's happening, if it's happening, anything about that. What's the deal? <laughs> but I think... His last chance for a comeback is Lil Pump 2, obviously. Oof. That's his last chance. If Splurgeon was the beginning of the comeback, once he drops Lil Pump 2, if it doesn't get that... Uh, Could it have a Kodak feature? If it doesn't have that critically acclaimed success that we kind of expect, you know, like after he dropped Lil Pump, the original, if it doesn't bring him back up, Could, then nothing else is at this point. He's got Probably will have a Rich the Kid feature. Yeah. Like, realistically, bro, Lil Pump 2 is his last chance. You know, whatever feature's on there, is that's whatever's on there. That's but whatever's on there. <laughs> I don't know what's going to be on there, but for the most it's part, true. it's going to be tough. You know, it, whatever whatever happens with that album is going to tell us the future of Lil Pump. Facts. Now, let's shoot it straight into culture. We got Diddy becoming a billionaire and replacing Kanye on the list of 2022's Wealthiest hip hop artist. Yeah, Diddy officially he he's overtaken Kanye. He, Kanye was obviously number two behind Jay Z. Now it's Diddy, and Kanye falls back to number three. And then, you know, Burner he overtakes Dr. Dre and becomes number four on the list. And then you know Dr. Dre obviously becomes number five. So the top five in order: Jay Z, Diddy, Kanye, Burner, and then Dr. Dre. What are your thoughts on this? I think Kanye just got screwed because he voiced his opinion. Mm-hmm. And he just lost a hell of a bag. He lost all of his collaborations. Everything just went downhill. So honestly, I think that's 
that's what I'm thinking. Like that's that's just playing out. What I'm thinking, bro. Kanye just messed up, bro. And uh, I, I want to say like he. He did a great thing by voicing his opinion, but at the end of the day, like he's like I said before on the last, exactly lost his bag, bro. And at the end of the day, bro, I don't know if I'm giving up that bag, bro. I really, I don't know. I do think that for the most part, like the valuation of how much money he lost after losing his Adidas deal, I, I don't know exactly. Like I'm not gonna act like it's untrue, but like like I feel like like they said he lost like a like a like a crazy amount of money. Like, I don't know, like four hundred. Like mill or some something shit? like that. Like, some, I, do like I that? think he just lost all that? I, I don't know exactly. I, I don't know exactly where I stand on that. I think Kanye is obviously still fine. I don't know if he's a billionaire. I do think Forbes obviously is gonna. They're obviously gonna take away his billionaire status as soon as they possibly can. So I do think <laughs> they're gonna discredit him per se. I, I think Kanye is the only one who really knows how much money he's got at the end of the day. On, oh, I was gonna say honestly, bro. Now that I'm thinking about it, though, if I'm Kanye, man, I'm. I'm voicing my opinion and saying what I gotta say, bro. Like I got, he got money, bro. He, he could do, and he could do I everything think, on his own, bro. With the stories, bro, he's gonna get on, get all his own Yeezy stories, bro. And he's gonna do everything on his own, bro. So he could just voice his opinion and and say what he has to say, bro. But it's hard because, like, then again, bro, what if like he gets his Yeezy stories, got his whole company going, and then uh -huh. they try to ban Yeezy off social media, bro? It, it might happen, you know. I mean. If, if Yeezy gets banned off social media well, I platforms, do, I do know it won't sales. Happen. I do know that won't happen on Twitter because you know we're gonna get into it. But yeah, Elon Musk, yeah, he's saving Twitter, and you know I don't. I think Elon is is a big advocate for free speech. He's already let Kanye back on Twitter, so you know you never know about Zuckerberg and if he's gonna let him on Instagram all the time and stuff like that. But I do know he'll be on Twitter. Now they ain't let Donald Trump back, have they? He declined to come oh, back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He did decline to come back. Yeah, I but, remember but, that. But, but, but Elon said he would have welcomed him back. With yeah, I remember he, that. Elon wanted him to come back, but Trump said, nah, he's staying with Truth Social. But that's besides the point. Look, in terms of this, I don't think Kanye realistically cares about Diddy overtaking him. First of all, congrats to Diddy for becoming a billionaire. You got to give him a round of applause for that. You know, you know, credit to him for doing what he needed to do. Now he's second behind Jay-Z. I don't think anyone's overtaking Jay-Z anytime soon. But ultimately, I don't think Kanye cares about this ranking at all. He is more concerned about exposing the media and, and talking about what he wants to talk about and using his platform for what he wants to do, exactly do. I think ultimately that's what he cares about. And the fact that he remains number three on this list above Burner and Dr. Dre is kind of remarkable to me because he's lost pretty much everything in terms of his contracts and everything. <laughs> And he's still number three on the list. It's, it's, it's almost incredible. We're going to get into Adidas and, and Kanye and, and his deals in a, in a second here. So before we get into that, because I do have an opinion on that, I want to talk a little bit about Burner. Burner, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to pass it off to you because he was. we know how successful and what Dr. Dre has done. Beats by Dre, blah, blah. Very, very rich, successful. He's a legend in the game. But Burner officially overtakes him. I'm going to pass it to you. What are your thoughts on Burner becoming the number four Wealthiest hip-hop artist of 2022. One of the funniest things I take from it is that he's one of the most wealthiest hip-hop art, hip artists, but he's made practically most of his money from the marijuana market. Yeah. 
and not from music. Yeah. So it's crazy. He kind of does the the, the what hip hop on the side kind of exactly. Like he so he had the tape with Dolph and he had the thing. tape with Dolph, bro, and it was fire. But bangers on that, bro. We got we got Gucci featured on that. Wiz Khalifa featured on that, bro. Y'all gotta check out that tape, bro. Track tracking numbers, bro. <laughs> tracking numbers. It's crazy how like tracking numbers. If you yeah. know, yeah. So yeah, man. It's just it's 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 amazing to see though because Burner, man, he's he's well deserved of being number four on this list, man. And I hope he just only goes higher on the list, bro, because he's practically the number one marijuana brand in the world without a doubt right now. Like there's no, there's no if ands really or buts about it. Like, and I'm saying like for like, like, like pretty much sales, like sales out in California. Like he's, he's up there. Like, do you think he, he can become a billionaire? Definitely. You think it'll happen soon? Without a doubt. I think it's gonna happen sooner than later. He got offered a billion for his company a while back. He said nah. Yeah, and he said nah. So it's it's only a matter of time type shit. Exactly. It was from a Canadian um like investor company investment a Canadian investment firm were trying to buy out Burner basically, and he was like, hell yeah. nah, bro. We're keeping this shit original, bro. Like straight up it's on fire. some OG, bro. On some OG type of thing, man. That's fire. And it's crazy, bro, because I remember like. Hearing about Burner's, like, I remember, like, watching Burner's come up story and, like, where he's, where he was at then, bro, and where he's at now, bro. It's just, like, damn, bro. It's just, damn, bro. He started, like, off of nothing, bro, like, at the cash register at a, at a local dispensary, at a local store, bro. And, like, he went from there and now he's the biggest in the game, bro. You got to give that man props, man. Yeah. Got to give the man his flowers for yeah. sure. And I think him passing Dr. Dre just shows, you know, what he's doing and how successful he is, and he how successful he's going to continue to be. Now, personally, do what I, 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 I don't know, man. Like to say that's the best on the market, bro. It's crazy, though. It's, it's truly crazy. Yeah, that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, but um, his marketing strategy for his clothing brand and et cetera, he got he got to the trays now the glow trays his marketing strategy yeah. is through the roof bro because that's why he's on the list exactly because he's not only like with the marijuana he's like pulling up all these other accessories with it and that's where he's making hella 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 money bro hella he's, money see he's genius for being able to put two and two together like that At, bro everyone that's got the money bro is buying that that gravity bong that came out that like flips up and down bro it's just everyone's buying that bro everyone's buying that and it's like 500 dollars, bro so it's crazy bro mm -hmm. it's crazy it's crazy like they would rather spend that like the money on the gravity bong the puffco and all this stuff it's just it's, it's just crazy bro it's just crazy yeah but like i said it's it comes down to bernard being a marketing genius especially with that blue like just the blue like the color that's the color that he uses for his brand blue Bro, it's just crazy, bro. It's just like it's just it just works. It works. Yeah, you know, you can't deny that. You got anything to say about it? Anything more? Or? You know, I think you got to give Burner his flowers for accomplishing what he's accomplished. Now it's going to be interesting to see where he's able to go from here because, you know, I think we can all expect him to become a billionaire sooner rather than later. But if we're talking, you know, in the twenty twenty three wealthiest hip hop artist list, and Burner becomes a billionaire, you know, they less than, you know you got to you got to give him credit for that. And I think. You know, I don't know exactly when it's going to happen, but I'll be interested to see when it does happen. Sooner because, than later. Because it is going to happen soon. And, and you give him his credit for building what he's built. Him for not selling to that Canadian guy or whatever and being able to keep it true to himself. Exactly. I got to res respect that. Exactly, bro. He didn't sell out and he because he would never want the quality to like just disappear, bro, and vanish, bro, from the 
brand that he built, bro. He built that from the bottom up, similar to Jungle Boys and other brands who have just built their brand from the bottom up and keep it true to its name, bro. Like, they ain't selling out for nothing, yeah. bro. You offer Jungle Boys the same thing, a billion dollars, bro. They ain't selling out. And you got to respect that. Hella, bro. You hella got to respect that. So it's crazy how... Oh, I was just going to say... Hold on. Yeah, yeah one more thing. I was just going to cr- say it's crazy how, like, they're in the Florida market now. Like, people in Florida can buy cookies and Jungle Boys. Like, bro, I'm telling you... That's like, part of the reason why he's... You know, might become a billionaire sooner rather than later. Exactly, bro. And, bro, like, two years ago, bro, even a, practically a year ago, bro, no chance, bro. You're, you're thinking, bro, pe- people, bro, they're like, no chance, bro. No chance those brands are coming here to Florida. And they did. And yeah. it's because they see the opportunity. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm ready to get into the next topic. We got Kanye. Back back on to Kanye. Who, yeah, back on Kanye, bro. He just... He, and this, you know... Losing out on all of his brand deals because and, of his anti-Semitic marks. And that's why he lost his spot to Diddy on the number on the 2022 Wealthiest Hip Hop Artist list. But ultimately, you know, every brand that's dropped Kanye doesn't... It, it, it matters, but it doesn't really matter. The one that matters the most to Kanye himself and to everyone is Adidas. Adidas... And some are saying that these anti-Semitic remarks were what was almost a, a strategy of Kanye to get out of his Adidas contract because he wanted to get out so bad. And he knew that doing something as crazy as this, although I'm not going to sit up here and act like I agree with it, doing something as crazy as, as anti-Semitic remarks was the only possible thing that would get him out of these contracts with no legal obligations or nothing like that. He just gets cut. Facts. And I think... Honestly, bro, I think Adidas, like, they're going to feel the debt, but I think they're going to be all right. Like, I think they're going to be all right. I know I said that twice, my but I yeah. I just think they're going to be straight, bro. It's Adidas. At the end of the day, bro, they were around before Kanye, bro, and they're the, the number one competitor to Nike, bro, and it's just going to stay like that, bro. It's Adidas. People are copping Adidas. It's just what it is. I, I can agree that they're not going to they're not gonna become a bankrupt company by interest of the imagination. They're still the number one competitor they're to gonna Nike. They're going to feel the debt. Though. How ex- That's exactly what I think. Let's just be honest. In terms of footwear and everything like that, before Kanye and now after Kanye, they were nothing. You know, they have some shoes that, but like. Do you think they're going to make another signing though? The, like they're going to gonna, a, a, they're a gonna have to, but I don't know if they can, you can get somebody that's quite like Kanye and, and going to elevate. Literally, bro, people were buying Adidas just because it was of Yeezy and stuff like that. They're gonna, Pharrell's collab though is fire. But even Pharrell with the whole NMDs and all of that. They're it, fire. It, it's, it's falling off though. You yeah, know? it's falling off. People aren't buying them like they used to. And that's what you got to say with that. People were still buying Yeezys. Yeah. And Adidas is going to survive because people still buy it. They they still have Adidas soccer, and they still have so many things that are going to help keep them afloat, obviously. But I don't think they're going to be the same without Kanye. They're not going to be as respected in the footwear game. If I'm being honest, in the footwear game right now, in terms of most popular hype shoes, the top three is now going to be Nike, you know, with Jordan, obviously. And then New Balance, number two, some would say they've already became number two, but now without Kanye being on Adidas, they're definitely number two. And then Adidas falls down to number three. New are Balance you, has been on the rise. Are you putting Yeezys at number three without Adidas? Yeah, no. Once Kanye That's gets what, once Kanye gets a uh, Yeezy fully running by himself and he's dropping new shoes, they overtake New Balance immediately. Oof. Because it, it's Yeezy. Can they catch up to Nike? 
You know, back in the day, you know, Kanye even said it in a bar, Yeezy jumping over the jump man. Oof. But the jump man has jumped back over Yeezy even <laughs> recently. And I don't see them slowing down anytime soon. You know, Jordans, they, they continue to get more and more popular. You know, Nike, is, is it, they're not slowing People down. People say, though, that the recent Jordans that drop, like the recent... um. The recent types of shoes, like Jordan Twenty Three or whatever, they just not, no. They're not good. The most, the the newest Jordans that come out, like the higher numbers, they're absolute garbage. <laughs> but the Jordan is always going to have the Jordan One. They're yeah, always, and they'll always drop a new. Nah, maybe they always will. Yeah, no, I want. I, I, I want. I don't. I want to say always, but they will. They always will. Don't they, you run out of ideas nah. at some point? <laughs> you think Travis Scott is running out of ideas, bro? He hasn't yet. He hasn't yet. And and, and, and and when Travis runs out of ideas, there's going to be another guy. There's going to be another guy. They're going to continue to make new innovative ideas with the, with the Jordan 1 model, with the Jordan 4, with all of these things. And they're not falling off anytime soon. But Yeezy will be able to instantly become number two once they, might they let get let us going. get a model in the future. It, yeah. I would love to do something like that. It would be great. But Yeezy... I'm interested to see what they are able to do independently. I've said it for a while. I wanted to see it. It's now officially going to happen. Whenever it becomes official and, and Kanye drops his, his first official shoe by himself, he immediately becomes number two on the list behind Nike. Facts. However, however, I can't put him there right now because he's, he's not technically dropping anything. So New Balance is number two as of right now, and you got to take that if you're New Balance, but you got to know that Kanye is coming because... And you know it's not going to be too long now before he drops a new shoe. Exactly, that's because he, he owns the trademark to Yeezy. He owns the company a hundred percent. It's just he can't drop any of the old models though. He can't drop no more Yeezy three fifties. He can't drop no more seven hundreds or anything like that. He can only drop something new and innovative. So it's going to take him time to to cook up a new model. And that's one of the things that Kanye is best at. Exactly, best at new innovative ideas. I mean, think about it. Before the Yeezy 350 dropped, would you have expected a shoe that looks like that to come out? Nah, no one probably did. And the Yeezy 700 was the same way, and then he dropped the the, the Yeezy Knit Sulfur, which looks like a little sock. So he's always thinking of new... And then the, the Foam Runners, which was like a slide, but like a... Yeah, a I remember that. He's always thinking of new things. It's sad that he can't drop any more of those, because let's be honest, those are all his ideas, and Adidas is still going to take those credits. But if he was able to make those... He's going to be able to figure something else out. Facts. And you got to give him credit for that. So I'm interested to see what's going to happen with that. It's going to happen sooner rather than later, but. Definitely going to happen sooner sooner rather than later. Yeah. Let's get into the next topic. We got Elon Musk officially becoming the CEO. I mean, uh, well, owner. oh yeah, owner of Twitter and getting rid of the CEO. And the CFO and the legal affairs chief. They all got immediately fired as soon as he became the owner. Gone. One of the best moves he can make without a doubt. I, I can't wait. Uh, it's not even I can't wait. Now that he is officially the Twitter owner, I think he's going to do great things with the platform. Without a doubt. I think being a free speech advocate, Twitter is one of the main platforms where you can voice your opinion. And, you know, the previous ownership, they were they love to just suspend people just for giving their opinion. We saw it with Kanye. We saw it with Trump. They just were stating what they were stating. And they're just getting banned because of that liberal agenda. And the fact of the matter is, Elon, he's 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 more fifty fifty. He's not going either way. He's just letting people state their opinion. And he's not. No one's gonna get banned for that. 
And I respect that. And I don't think he's going to let anyone say, like, something, like, crazy. Like, oh, I want to, no. like, kill your family or anything no. like that. He's not going to let anybody say anything like that. But he's going to let people state their opinions. More exactly. so than the previous ownership did. 100%. However, statistics have already shown since Elon came the owner, which was, what, just yesterday or two days ago, the use Oof. of the N-word on Twitter has already increased on this platform of Twitter by nearly 500%. You got any thoughts on that? I mean, African-Americans, well, black, black people saying it too. Uh, without a doubt, I'm no sure doubt. they're saying it. No doubt. So, I mean... I think people are assuming that this is, involves a lot of white people and stuff like that saying it, but we don't know the exact demographics or anything like that. I mean, at the end of the day... People are going to say what they're going to say? And it could be a hell of a lot worse. Yeah. Bro, people could dox you out here, bro. There's people out here that will dox you, give out your whole damn address, and be like, go hunt this man. Yeah. I understand it is a racial slur, and it shouldn't be used. However, like I said, I believe there's a lot of worse things out there. And do I even think that it's being used as a racial slur all of the time? No, I think black people are honestly saying it as well, and they're just saying it just to type it out on Twitter. Yeah. So, I mean, that's honestly what I got to say about that. Yeah, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think Elon is going to let this statistic stay true. You know, I think he's going to figure that out. I think he's never been a social media owner before. He doesn't really understand everything yet. I think you got to give him a little bit of time. I think he's, he's going to figure out the best way to run the platform. And fix, you know, these types of issues, you know. I don't think you're ever obviously going to eliminate the use of the N-word or anything like that. Uh, from either race, whether it's white or black. And obviously, I don't think you want white, white you know, well, def you definitely don't want white people saying it on, on Twitter. But, you know, I think Elon is going to be able to figure that out. He's going to figure out the best way to manage that. And it's going to be better than the previous ownership. You know, you got to give, I, I think he, it, it'll be most definitely be better. He's going to figure it out. If anyone, if I have faith in anyone to fix an issue as simple as this, it's Elon. I mean, this guy, he, he, he gets people to space. He's taking SpaceX into space and solving rockets and stuff like that. I think he can figure out this little, this little issue on Twitter. And if he's having trouble with that, I'm sure there's someone right by his side that will be able to figure it out without a doubt. That's, yeah, he's gonna, ex that's, and that's experienced in the social media world. Yeah, I agree. Like, yeah, so... And like I said, bro, it's not the worst thing, bro, that yeah, like could people could say that like I'm that's what I'm saying, bro. It could be way, way but, but that, worse. That doesn't bro. that doesn't mean that this is good. No. But it no. But, but it just means that I guess they could be doxing or they could be literally saying, you know, go kill this person. That's you know, I wanna rape I'm, your family. That's I mean, what there's I'm, a lot of bad things that could be said that, that maybe slightly are, are more dangerous to people than this. But that doesn't make it good by any stretch of the imagination. Hell no. Which is why Elon is going to fix the problem, I can imagine. Do I think he's going to get it down to 0%? No, it's impossible. There's, there's no way. Like, there's, there's exactly, it's impossible. Do I think he can get it under maybe 100%? Potentially. Potentially. If it, with the right uh, kind of 
software potentially that kind of filters it out better and things like that. You know, like maybe a Twitter bot that kind of watches what you tweet to a certain extent and stuff like that. You know, could be better. But I don't know. I don't know. I think they got a lot of options. I, I trust Elon. Facts. Let's get into the next topic. We got Jaden Merrick admitting on the stand <sighs> he went to court, told on YSL, saying that they they coerced him basically to intimidate and threaten a witness. I saw this. I saw. I saw because there's a video of him I, giving the testimony. And I think the worst part about it. It's obviously you know that part intimidating and threatening witnesses, but but he admitted to be a YSL gang member, which in the eyes of the court, one hundred percent officially confirms if there was ever any doubt that YSL is officially a gang, because there was no dis- definitive evidence that it was YSL that's a gang. But now he's admitting YSL is a gang, which I think is terrible, terrible news for Young Thug and Gunna, and the rest of the boys that are in jail. Bruh. It might be over for him. And he's probably going to get whacked. It, it's sad to say, bro, but, like, he, he might Jaden Myrick? Jaden Myrick, bro, like, you can't be snitching on people, bro, if you in a gang, bro. That's not how that works. People are getting whacked out here. And what I mean by whack, people are dying for snitching, bro. It's not looking too good for you, my boy. Might have to go into some type of witness protection program, but we know that they ain't Offering you, they ain't offering you that. They ain't never even gonna get. You're not even gonna get close to any type of offer like that. They gonna protect you at a hotel for one day, and your eyes gonna get robbed instantly, poisoned, bro, dead, dead. Sad to say, bro. Should have just kept your mouth shut. I don't know if that's exactly what's gonna happen. However, what I will say is that in terms of what this means for the case, it's not looking good. Hell no. I think that there was some hope that it was getting better by the day for Young Thug and Gunna's case. You know, Gunna was expected potentially to be getting, like, he keeps getting denied bond, but it was expected that eventually it would have came through with a bond. And and I just saw a lawyer on TikTok saying that they were trying to uh, accelerate the case and, and get it to, to court faster. Saw that? So that he can get a bond. Exactly. Like, like he potentially deserves because they didn't have the proper evidence because, you know, they were planning on this case for so long. They have but, nothing and, on Ghana. And and now that they've got them locked up, now they're trying to get more evidence because they have no definitive evidence. It's it's it, and, and they keep trying to delay the trial so that they have more time to get evidence. And, and they keep saying, no, it's like we deserve a speedy trial. It's a, it's a it's constitutional right. And they're not getting it. You think you think Jaden like Jaden Merrick? You think he knew the risk though? I don't know. You think he knows the risk? Bro? I, I I feel like he, he like what's going through his head, bro? When he goes up on that stage, I feel bro. like he, I feel like he probably felt like he had no other option. When he, I mean, when that stage was stand, I when he goes like, up feel, to the stand, I feel uh, like he felt like he had no other option, and I'm sure that the, that the, the, the people, his lawyer, I'm sure that the people made it seem like that this was his best possible option in terms of him personally having a chance to get out and stuff like that. He, oh, he, and it might be the case. He might be become a free man sooner than the rest. But he, he, like you said, if he does become free, I think we all know what could be awaiting him on the other side. Exactly, bro. For doing this. Bro, hell, bro. Waiting for him on the other side. That shit could happen right damn now, oh, it, bro. I mean, it might. You got y, Bro, you probably have YSL or YSL Associates. They're definitely, they might be around him in that same facility. Yeah. 
So if and those those were his friends, but now obviously they ain't looking at him as friends anymore. That's what I'm, tr- bro. Bro, you're in your bro, you're in your head. You're saying I'm going to court to snitch on people that are literally in the same facility as me that can kill me. What what type of logical evidence is that shit? Bro? I, what I, type of shit is that? It's not looking good. Hell no! And like I said, they're not offering him nothing. Nothing. Might get out. Maybe the maybe de- have your time decreased. I don't mean you're getting out right away, bro. He's not even getting out right away. So, he's st- so he might just get whacked in jail. He might, that's what I'm saying, bro. He might, he might not even get to... Uh, it's not looking good. He's snitching for no reason, bro. No reason. And and what's sad is that the, the effects of what that's going to have on the rest of that case, you know, potentially Young Thug and Gunna. Exactly, bro, because if someone mercs him for snitching, bro, then, it's oh, all, it's then, over. It's, then it's, it's definitely... It's I mean, done. Look, it's already looking bad for him because of this, but if... If Myrick now goes, and that's why I think he might not get you know whacked immediately because if he gets whacked now, then they, they, it's a, okay, close case, like it's done. But watch this. But what if it's someone that's not YSL? They they gonna try to flip that and make it seem like he was though and stuff. But they gonna try to flip it and make it seem like you know they they they're good at manipulation. Because you know people will just do that because he snitched. People are good at manipulating in those courts, bro. They're gonna try to manipulate that if he does say get, that. Some that that someone talked to YSL or something, something like that. Something like course. that. Even if, even if he's not a direct member, they're gonna be like, oh well, he got instructions from a direct member or something, and he's just a side guy, whatever. He's, or maybe he has no affiliation, but he just got a phone like call. how they said Young Thug was giving out signals and stuff that's on the phone call. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. It was probably they're, gonna, they're probably gonna be like, he Young Thug used this a uh, new symbol. You know a new saying? symbol. <laughs> They're just going, they're going to be like, oh, he did this on the camera. You know what I'm saying? And or Young Thug just going like this. And yeah. they're like, oh, over. That's the, that's the sign. Yeah, you know, Young Thug, he, like, he, Young, Thug, Young Thug went like this or whatever. And they were, oh, that's the sign right there. Scratching his head. That's the sign. Or like he had to scratch behind his ear. And then he had to go like, and he, like, he, he had to, uh, oh, but that's it right there. He's, oh, oh. Uh, he, he has a little he's putting out the hit. He got a little muscle spasm on his hand or whatever. And that's it. <laughs> oh, man, I'm dead. That, 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 that uh, it's like not looking good. But all, all jokes aside, bro, it's not looking good for the YSL case, which is sad. So. Yep, and it's not looking good for Jaden Merrick. Yeah, not looking good. Not looking good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're about to, I think we're almost at two hours. You ready to wrap much. this one up? Yeah, I think that was the last topic. Yeah, let's wrap it up. So, you know, hope y'all enjoyed episode 25 of the pod. Had some great topics. Landmark episode. Yeah, we we appreciate the continued support that we've been getting. We're gonna continue to keep grinding. Um, more content coming soon. We might be switching up the schedule and dropping a pod in the middle of the week. You know, from here on in, potentially we're gonna see. You know, the schedule might be changing. We might be dropping pods slightly more frequently, or it might seem like more frequently because we are changing the schedule. But all of that's in the works, and you know, just stay tuned on the channel and stay tuned on the channel. By hitting the subscribe button if you haven't already. Hit if, that subscribe button. Right now we're trying to get to 300. You know, we close 286 right now. By the time we record the next pod, hopefully we're going to be 290 or whatever. You 300. Know? Yeah, we, we, we'll see. You know, we appreciate the support. Hit the notification bell that's right next to the subscribe button so y'all get notified when we drop in a new episode. With all that being said, you got anything to add? Yep. Make sure you guys check out. All the clips, all the reels on all the other social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram. Just hit the link tree below and see what social media platforms we are. We on TikTok, Reddit, bro. We on everything. And your favorite clip, your favorite clips, 
we want you to share them so that your friends can see your friends and family can see them and enjoy them as well and comment you know what yep. you thought and comment what you thought about any of the topics that we talked about maybe Kodak's album you could say what was your favorite song maybe who you think is going to be the the most uh, talked about NFL game and your picks of the week yeah and with all that being said, it's episode 25 of the Shooter Straight Podcast. I'm your co-host, Zach. I'm your co-host, Blue. We'll see y'all next time for episode 26. Peace. Continue to shoot it straight.